Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Beacon, our very first episode of our Alien Tabletop RPG actual play with the Streampunks. Uh, it's a very special night for us, being our first episode. Tonight's episode is titled The Dark Tower. We're going to be kicking things off here in just a minute, but uh, as we get underway, uh, I do want to go ahead and get some thank yous out of the way because a lot of work went into making Beacon happen. So let me just go ahead and start by... Um, before we do introductions and everything, I want to give a big shout out and thank you to Demiplane, our sponsor for tonight. Uh, Demiplane, of course, you will see there are links going up in chat that'll take you to the Demiplane Alien Nexus is what we are going to be using for tonight's game. Right now, the Alien Core book is currently live on the Alien Nexus in early release, and they're going to be coming out with Heart of Darkness and the Colonial Marines Core book uh, in the coming months. So stay tuned for that. That should be actually coming out pretty soon. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, there's a lot of content on Demiplane, so definitely check it out, especially if you're a Pathfinder fan and you've been wanting something to, to play a digital content rules for Pathfinder. Highly so recommended. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, it's already, there's already a lot of content up there, so definitely check it out. Um, thank you going out now for the development of Demi, uh, for uh, the development of. Uh, Beacon. I want to first of all, I want to first and foremost thank Nikki Dawes, our artist who created all the incredible works of art that you've been seeing popping up on our social media. If you've been following us on our coffee, uh, you've been seeing a lot of the early releases. You're getting kind of like the sneak peeks at some of the things that we're doing. Uh, I hope you all enjoy it. We're going to be re releasing the full like non green screened version of the character art uh, soon for you all to, to download at your convenience and to check out. Uh, obviously, I want to thank Q Times for once again hosting the Streampunks and letting us do our thing here. Jake worked very hard to help us get this thing up and going, so thank you very much for that. Also, want to thank uh, Chandra, who is one of our mods. Uh, Chandra helped, as usual, create our end credits for this uh, show. So thank you very much for that, Chandra. Uh, I have a thank you to send out to Thomas Maroney who designed our Beacon logo, as well as the Beacon Company logo. Thomas Maroney, as you know, is a good friend of ours from Star Trek Online and has done everything from developing our logo for the Streampunks and, you know, the USS Ross, among other things. Thomas has been great at developing a lot of our show logos and uh, even did Seven Raven, which I think is one of our best ones. And I just wanted to give a big thanks because it was terrifying how fast Thomas developed the logo for, for Beacon. He, he pretty much did it in like maybe 10 minutes and I had no notes. So thank you, Thomas, for that. Um, lastly, I wanted to thank Caitlin Bruder, who also threw in some graphic design work and created those really cool uh, like green screen mother style uh, images that you see of our characters that we've been posting off social media. So thank you, Caitlin. That was very nice of you. It's exactly what I was trying to do, except for I'm not Caitlin, so I couldn't <laughs> do it. I had no idea how the hell to do it. Yeah, really cool. Oh, man. Oh, man. And uh, I also just want to thank my players before we get up off the ground, because y'all have been doing a lot of a lot of heavy lifting, getting uh, your characters up and going. I want to especially just acknowledge for a second before we jump into tonight's game, if you'll permit me a moment of levity here. There is one amongst us who swore up and down that this would never be a day that would ever come, that they <laughs> they swore they were not going to play Alien because they were terrified and they were never going to watch it and they were never going to play it. It just wasn't their thing. So thank you for your courage, Sam DeLev. I appreciate you and, and everybody who did the watch along for Aliens' research. <laughs> I, I deeply appreciate the courage because I know how terrified. I watched Sam react. I showed Sam 
a small <laughs> clip one time of the very end of the first Alien movie where it was Ripley in the shuttle and all of a sudden the wall moves and I, I kept t- saying to Sam over and over, sitting like three feet away, it's just a person in a suit. It's just a... Per- didn't help. Didn't do anything. I knew how terrified you were. I salute you. I am proud of you. <laughs> Thank you for jumping in on this campaign. I didn't want to do it without you. If so, I nervous laugh, y'all know why. You know why. <laughs> um, Alien for wimps. Yes. <laughs> Check out that thread. It's beautiful. Um, okay. So those are all my thank yous. Uh, now to get into some quick announcements before we jump into the game. Um, Streampunks actually doesn't have any big announcements just yet. A lot of things in the work right now. I would say stay tuned. We have fulfillment coming forward for our uh, fundraisers that we did back in the early part of the summer. Um, you're going to be seeing the, the fundraiser stuff start rolling out pretty soon now that everybody's back in town. Um, that is the only announcement that I have at the moment. Aside from on Tuesdays, uh, my Transformers campaign for Renegade Games is wrapping up. So definitely check that out. It is up on YouTube as well. Um, does anybody else... Have anything they'd like to announce before we start tonight's merry frolic through the flowers? Yes, Aliza. Yes. Uh, so I have actually a, uh, a Punk's announcement to add ah. to that. Oh. We're going to be at the Fleet Week event oh. uh, Saturday, October 8, uh, 15th, which is called Admiralty Day. It's a day of panels with people just talking all things ships, Star Trek ships uh we're going to be doing a star trek adventures specific panel where we just talk about our adventures that we've had on the different ships in the games that we've played so that's october 15th i believe it's 2 p.m pacific and it'll be streamed on uh star trek online right that's the i believe so yes yeah on their star uh, trek online yeah you might might be getting clear skies updates i don't know but you might want to tune in you might want to tune in yeah all right. Does anybody else have anything they'd like to announce? Yes, Caitlin. I do. Um, so I've talked about it a tiny little bit before on our like our Shadows Jedi Shadows game, but uh, I'm producing a podcast called Thin Places Radio. You can check it out at Thin Places Radio on uh, Twitter for all our updates and stuff. Uh, we, the trailer will be going up probably either this week or next week. We have a launch date set, so keep an eye out for that. Um, it's like a kind of uh, eerie. Uh, but still heartfelt, uh, supernatural call-in radio show, Tiny Cast, so it'll be 10 minutes or less, uh, but we'll have, uh, expect actual episodes by the end of the month. We got all our music uh, and everything from our musicians, both of them at the same day, uh, and they're unrelated, so we were like, that's very, very exciting and serendipitous, so uh, check it out. Yeah, Jake, it's a, you can actually call, there's a phone number that you can actually call and leave a story. Jake left a very fun voicemail <laughs> <laughs> that the host is extremely excited to, to write a response to. So check it out. I'm super excited about it. I'll be tweeting about it uh, a ton. Okay. Anybody else have anything else? Yes. Sam? October was a mistake. The whole month. Mm-mm. Was I born in it? Yes. Does mm-hmm. that obviate what I am saying? No. October was a mistake, and I know that not only because I am here, about to get the absolute jimothies scared out of me, but it, because it is not even the only source of scared Sam jimothies. If you want uh, to feel just, I don't know, more schadenfreude, that will also be available here on Q Times for a three-shot starting this Thursday, uh, where we are playing Outbreak Unbred, Undead. Um, so, please 
catch me being scared all month. Someone catch them, please. Please catch them. <laughs> please, I need, I need hugs or something. It's very intense. Yeah. Deploying emergency hugs. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, I feel better now. Now I can be excited. <laughs> Uh, in closing, I did want to let everybody know that we are going to be having a giveaway at the break. If you are interested in trying to get your hands on access to the Alien Core book on Demi Plane's Alien Nexus, we are going to be having a giveaway during the break. So definitely stay tuned for that. There's going to be a code that's going to be thrown out there for the winner. So uh, stay tuned for that. It's really um, cool. It's the way that they have the book laid out in in the Alien Nexus on Demi Plane is so cool. <laughs> I I gotta say, like I didn't think anything was gonna replace my pdfs with bookmarks it is not true <laughs> I, it's amazing yeah it's uh, let me just say somebody again as somebody who has adhd and who goes into this into rpg books and cognitively has to struggle to get through rule systems i am very happy i know we're sponsored but i'm just telling you guys i'm very happy with how easy this has been made to, to run the game so um I that to be played way before i saw this <laughs> <laughs> well i think i've got my mug already weapons division wayland yutani let's go ahead and start the story of beacon The disorientation of waking up from hypersleep is not something any of you have ever gotten used to. It's not something you perhaps ever will get used to. You've never met another human being that has been comfortable with the jarring sensations of slowly waking up to a blurry room filled with light and the nausea that comes to you almost immediately afterwards as your stomach wants to evacuate everything you missed before you went to sleep. Even the hydration pills that you take that are supposed to help with this. They dull it. They never cure it. 
And there's also a strange stretching sensation in your chest as you inhale deeply for the first time in months. Your whole body is aching. Like you've been, strangely enough, laying still for an excessive amount of time. The first thing that each of you becomes aware of is the glass canopy over your heads that is just raised from the pods that you're all laying in. Beyond that are the flickering lights starting to come on as Mother has activated all of the illumination of the cryo deck level. There's the subtle hum of the ship, which is quite familiar. That part might be soothing. Everything else is jarring. The sounds of feet touching the cold floor nearby. How are you hearing that so clearly? All of your senses feel like they're being overloaded for a moment. It's a hangover. And one by one, you are all starting to sit up and take deep breaths. Something is being said over the intercom. It is painful to the ears. You're making out a woman's voice, informing everyone where they can find the cafeteria for their first meals. Everyone is encouraged to eat as soon as they've had their showers. One by one, you can hear groans all around you. Each of you, as you sit up out of these pods, are surrounded by strangers. Strangers to each other and strangers to them. Faces of people who all, like you, have signed up to travel to the edge of known space. Out here is the frontier. This is the boundaries between the United America's space and a swath of space that is being colonized. Some by corporations and some by governments. On the other side of the frontier space and the galactic map is the United Progressive Peoples. A government that at least two of you has a relationship with one way or the other. While to most people, the United Peoples are something to see on the news and to dread thanks to the decades long Cold War that ended abruptly with a full scale war known as the Frontier War. To you, the United Progressive Peoples is a former adversary. To you, the United Progressive Peoples are people who were shooting at you not too long ago. Seeing some of the news reports coming in on the screens above, which you know are carrying a delay from the distance that you have traveled from Earth, you're getting a little overstimulated on how much news has come down the pipe in the two and a half months you have all been in hypersleep traveling from Earth. But thankfully, two and a half months could have been a lot worse. The star shuttle you're on, named the Astanax, is a relatively quick vessel. Reaching the frontier in two and a half months means Beacon didn't skimp on trying to get their personnel out here. There is one among you in this room of people waking up like zombies who seems completely unaffected by the hypersleep. Namely, because they didn't participate for two and a half months. Isaac, you have been managing the Star Shuttle Astanax by request of Beacon. It was a great way to save some money. 
why try to find another synthetic when they could just ship out the very one that they had just purchased not too long ago and have you travel out here with the new recruits? You've been doing this a couple of times, Isaac. Uh, it's This will be your second trip to Earth and back. You've never actually stepped foot on the planet. You've only ever existed inside the Star Shuttle, making sure that people get secured and shuttling them back to the Beacon Station. This is going to be the last shuttle for some time. This is not good news. And these humans are about to learn that. No one here knows, to your knowledge, no one here knows how bad things are on the station. No one here knows what they're about to come into. The shit show that is waiting for them when they arrive. The mother unit is currently playing over and over a welcome to beacon message. Almost like an employee orientation film that has a very pleasant looking uh, human, human male standing at about six feet with a big toothpaste smile explaining how wonderful Beacon is and the, the, the good it's going to bring to the frontier, showing a beautiful like workspace. None of them know what's waiting. None of the things that are being shown on that screen are accurate in any way. And you observe the humans as one by one they move past you and head to the cafeteria some immediately going straight for the food and some deciding they really need to take a shower first there are a total of 25 humans on board this is 15 less than we're expected director varela is not going to be happy about that the last time you did a shuttle out here isaac there were 10 less than expected 15 that's going to set her off. You are currently about 35 minutes out from arriving at the station itself, traveling in system. It has definitely been an achy trip for you, doctor. Let me ask this before we get well and truly underway. Dr. Albrecht, is this your first time traveling in deep space? Yes, yes it is. So is this your first time enjoying the rigors of hypersleep? Uh, well, yeah, enjoying, yeah, we'll, we'll go with that word. Yeah, <laughs> this is my first time enjoying this experience. Um, I think the way that uh, I'm enduring it is by running through exactly how miraculous it is that the human body can move at light speed and all that entails and trying not to think about the fact that I have a hangover that I didn't earn the fun way. Never mind the rigors that FTL travel does to the human mind. Thankfully, hypersleep helps with that. You're not sure if your body appreciates it, but here we are. Tig? You've been in hypersleep before, haven't you? Yeah. This Always is sucks. Yeah, this is something this is a ritual. For you sitting up out of the pod and looking around at um your fellow civvies, this is a ritual that kind of brings back a lot of memories. But something catches your eye as you've sat up in your bed. Um just kind of angling yourself over as tall as you are, trying not to bump your head on the glass canopy that's opened up above you. You see across the way a woman that is 
doesn't look like a civilian. Uh, you see her getting into a flight suit, zipping it up, putting on boots, but you can clearly see dog tags that she is wearing. Um, looks like uh, everything about her, from the way she carries herself to the way that she is getting up quickly out of hypersleep, like it's nothing, screams she's a Marine. You can smell it from a mile away. Maybe the only other person in here that knows what it's like to wake up in the core. Still can't believe that some Marines get used to it, but <laughs> each their own, I guess. You feel someone's eyes settling upon you, Martha, as you slip that last boot on and lace it closed. Your locker closed underneath you, making a clanking sound, glancing up as you hear a few people wincing from the noise you're making. But you catch, just very briefly, a young woman across the way. The two of you lock eyes for a split second. I'll go about putting my boots on after that. <laughs> she just yeah. goes back down and starts lacing up. Yeah, just give a slight nod and continue on my business. About 15 minutes or so later, y'all are all in the cafeteria. You can hear on the intercom going off. And a few moments later, a rather synthetic sounding voice, probably coming from the mother AI, says, Welcome, Beacon employees, to SIG 8536 Theta Cygni system, spineward of the Cestus Prime cluster. We will be docking at Beacon Station in a little over 20 minutes. Please be prepared to disembark. Thank you, and welcome to Beacon. food any good it brings back a lot of memories it's your standard issue nutritional fare um some of the people out here you can get a sense this might be their first time in deep space travel beacon was offering a lot of opportunities but you can tell just from looking around tig that a lot of these people don't know they're drinking bug juice right now they probably haven't been out on the frontier before. They probably haven't had a lot of nutritional supplements that are being put into uh, a lot of the ration packs. They don't realize that, that tasty Gatorade flavored drink is actually bug juice filled with protein and all the nutrients that you need. Well, I'm not going to be the one to ruin their day. <laughs> The clattering of forks and knives on trays. People starting to put their food away. One woman loses it and throws up into the trash can that's nearby. Stomach still not adjusting to waking up from the hypersleep. Thankfully, a few of the people come over and check on her to make sure she's okay. One by one, everyone starts to filter out and get suited up. You can hear the banter of the people on around you. The only people that aren't really chatting are the synthetic that's standing in the doorway, just observing everyone, and the three of you. Not really having conversations or socializing with everybody else, trying to get to know people or start conversation. The three quiet ones in the room. If there is one person that stands out among the three of you that is being quiet, though, that would be Dr. Albrecht, who, from the looks of it, from what you two can see, he is so far out of his element. 
he looks like this is his first time ever doing any kind of space travel. You can see sort of the bewildered look in his eye, the absorbing information and trying to just, okay, this is where I am. This is where I am now. Uh, Martha is sipping her bug juice with no reaction at all to the taste, eating her MREs, just getting the protein that she knows her body's going to need to get back to its peak performance. Mm -hmm. And looking around, she sees the doctor and the look on his face. And so she's going to kind of pick up her tray, move over to where he's sitting and drop the tray. It's a little bit too much pep in her step, probably. It says, yeah. first time out of hypersleep? Uh, first, first time in space at all. Oh, wow. Welcome. <laughs> Th thank I'm you. Martha. <laughs> Corporal Martha Marrero. And she sticks her hand out to you. Lovely to meet you, uh, Dr. Reginald Albright, but my friends call me Reg, and my patients call me Doc. Cool. Nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you. Is this your, is this your first time? Oh, uh, no. No. By far, no. I, I, I hope it gets better from here, right? I'd imagine... Yeah, you know, there's two types. There's people who get used to it and people who never do, so. I mean, you're a doctor, though, so maybe you'll get used to it quicker than other people do. Not sure how that works. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'll find my way. I've, I've been in some sticky situations before. Yeah? Anything worth telling? Honestly, I've not really been in that many sticky situations. I've lived a uh, charmed life. I'm a, I'm somewhat in, in the midst of, I guess you could say this is my retirement. I figured, uh, I'd. Wait, this is your retirement? <laughs> in, in, a, in a matter of speaking, I figured I'd, uh, spend, spend, uh, my wonder years being useful somewhere where I imagine useful things are scarce. Right. Martha looks around the room and realizes everyone else probably chose to be here. Kind of takes that in for a second. It would certainly account for how chatty everyone seems with each other. So? So, so um, Corporal, you said, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yeah. That's... that's that's mighty impressive, my my boy. Uh, a marine as well. Uh, I'm a oh, marine, yeah. I'm assuming. I hope. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Respect you and what you do. Uh, thank you for your service. Thanks. Yeah. What does your son do? Um. <laughs> my 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 boy. Uh. My, he, he's he, he's passed. Um. But he, he oh, I, I, I never really knew the details of what he did. I didn't ask too many questions. Uh, it was a little scary seeing my, my, 
my little my little guy he gets so big and carry so many things meant to do the opposite of what I chose as my profession. <laughs> yeah. Well, shit. I'm sorry for your loss. Um. It it's fine. I, I'm just I, I'm kind of here. Uh. Just to just to see what uh just to see what his days were like. Figured he uh, could have used a good doctor in the end, so maybe, uh, maybe uh, I could save somebody else's dad. God, trouble. you're like ad, you're like really honorable and shit. <laughs> no, no, well, no, no, no. If if you knew me on Earth, you would think that I was uh, just a big old. Have you ever heard of the Albright Sanctuary? No, I don't think so. Oh, that hits the ego a little bit um it's a it's a it's my my firm it's a private firm that i run it's 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 all really hoity-toity and we 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 say we do a lot more good than we do and i think i'm just trying to live up to the advertisements at this point you said it's a sanctuary like for animals (laughs) uh no we we just we just called it that um it's really just ridiculously expensive care for people that can afford that sort of thing experimental treatments i i've uh i got a i got a grant with some of my early work and invested had a few angel investors and i'm doing well and 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 i've i've decided to just leave that to the family and come out here yeah. Wow. Well, what's that drink that you have? And I think I could, I think now that I've evacuated my insides, I should fill it back up with something. Oh, um, well, it's, it's a protein rich solution. That's good for getting your body back the nutrients it needs after hypersleep. Oh, like a protein shake. Well. She's gonna, um, she has an extra unopened one. She's gonna slide it over to you. You should try it. Absolutely. I, you know what? I, I, making a lot of changes at the twilight of my life. Perhaps I'll get in. Uh, perhaps I'll get a marine shape. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. It's um. How's that taste? Uh, it tastes interesting. <laughs> it's got a texture to it for sure. But yeah, uh, that's um. That's the exoskeletons. They don't always grind them up all the way. Yeah, the exoskeleton. The what now? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's bug juice. I'd you see, I'd Martha's imagine. definitely yeah. cracking a smile right now. Totally fucking with you. But also, it's true. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I don't know what I expected. I, I, I don't think there's many Gatorade factories out here, so... Bug juice. I'm All sorry. Right. I just needed to see your your reaction to um, the bug juice. I I truly hope it lived up to expectations. So. <laughs> it did. Oh <laughs> fuck! I haven't laughed like that in a while. Mm. <laughs> I'm sorry. You I'm know, not... it's not it's not so bad. Not so bad. All okay, good. <laughs> you know, I honestly, the first time I had it, I was disgusted, but now I drink it like it's freaking moonshine. 
you know, I, I, it's kind of you know, it's it's like when I, it's like when uh, I had escargot for the first time. I didn't know what it was. Somebody told me it was a, a, a form of chicken tendon, and I found out what it was, and, and it was already too good for me to take that back. So you know, I guess <laughs> this is this is my new escargot. <laughs> You're all right, Doc. Yeah, yeah, you're all right, Corporal. Uh, if, uh, if 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 that's what you prefer, I, I call yeah. you. I I never asked. How how would you prefer to be addressed? Um, you know, I hadn't thought about that on this mission. Uh, I mean, I think officially you can call me Corporal, but like unofficially you can call me Martha. All right. Well, unofficially, Martha, it has been. Just the pleasure, and I, I, you know what? We have we have started this trip on the right foot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so too. <laughs> uh, I think I think Doc's gonna kind of look around to see uh, if just to see if there's anybody watching to see maybe if he's recognized. <laughs> I think he does have a little <laughs> bit of an ego. <laughs> Just hoping. Um, you glance around the cafeteria, which is starting to empty out as you are not too far from the docking of Beacon Station. You only see one other person in here. There is a young woman with a scar near her left eye, or is it her right eye, Caitlin? Right, right eye. It's a scar near her right eye. And she's sitting by herself at the end of one of the tables, tearing into a piece of what they like to try to convince you is cornbread. Uh, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, that uh, appears to be another marine, I'd say. So that's going to raise a question. Uh, Tig, do you actually have your dog tags visible right now? Or are they? No, they're probably in her pocket. She's not okay. wearing like she doesn't wear fatigues now that she's fully civilian. Um, but if you, Do you have tats with, or anything, no. But I mean, if you if you raised a marine, you might be both. And 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 Martha mm -hmm. is a marine. You might yeah. recognize at least mannerisms yeah. or posture. Totally. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think, don't think that's yeah. too far outside of. Yeah, that yeah. totally makes sense. I, I was thinking he he would recognize just the posture. It's just a. Uh, mm-hmm. So he's kind of asking Martha, so is that another, uh, that another one of Marine friends over there? Oh, yeah. You know, I kind of had a feeling that maybe she was or is, uh, but I don't know her. Uh, I, it's, it's the posture that gives you all the legs. It's very flat. <laughs> Every, the flat, like just straight back, flat foot. Never understood yep. it. Yeah, for sure. Tried to tried um, to get my boy to relax once. Almost caused him to flip the table. <laughs> Rather suddenly, somebody about 20 feet away who was getting ready to exit the cafeteria, you overheard somebody speak up and go, hey, are you okay? Hey, are you okay? And then a second later, the tray clatters to the floor and the person collapses onto the cold floor and immediately goes into a seizure. They begin to to tremble violently on the ground. You hear some shouts of alarm. Oh, oh shit! Pardon, pardon yeah, immediately. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think they're both going to be ready. Yeah, to they, yeah at the same time. Beelining 
The woman that was sitting by herself drops the cornbread and shoves the bench away and immediately dashes over. At about the same time, springing into action, Martha, you see the doc also just charges over there. The two of you kind of make eye contact for a second, Tig, and you both look down and you see this person. Their eyes have rolled back and their hands are balled up. They are currently laying on their back right now as they're seizing up. Uh, I don't think Tig hesitates to, like, figure out who's gonna do something. I think she just bends down and moves, Goes into things, action. moves things away. Um, mm -hmm. Make sure that they're, like, not gonna uh, hit anyone. No one's restraining them. No one's... The thing that you try to put something in their yeah. mouth, they don't swallow their tongue. That's not real. No one touch their mouth. Yeah, <laughs> you roll... Like, so, so, just yeah, yeah. clear the area in and make sure that they have a second to, like... As this out. is happening, it, it doesn't take a second for you, Doc, to see that whoever she is, she knows exactly what she's doing. She immediately turns the person over onto their side. And... You can see she goes to work. Um, uh, see, see go that, seeing that they have a handle on this, uh, I think Doc is going to take to crowd control, which is everybody, we're going we gon to give the patient and the, the, and the physician some space. It's necessary. Now, I know everybody likes to gawk, but we are in the deepest realms of space. There are plenty of things for you to look at. <laughs> is Mar Martha came over too? No. Oh, Actually, okay. Martha's watching. Okay. Yeah, Martha's watching and finishing her MRE. Okay. Okay. Is is does Reg wear a a, a lab coat? Yeah. Or, yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then uh uh Tig would just be like, uh, "Hey Doc, you got a watch?" Uh, you say that and like, it's been very clear that Doc is ready and willing to help, but you ask for the watch and there's a second's hesitation and then just takes it off there you go oh i was just gonna have you keep make sure keep, we, keep time keep yeah. time all right just say when so do me a favor and uh before we go any further i think now is actually a good time to do what will be our very first role of the game so you have right now somebody who looks like they're suffering from some kind of, they're, they're having some kind of episode. I want you, uh, whoever's taking the lead on this, if it's going to be you, Tig, make a medical aid check. Okay. And just as a quick reminder, it's rolling D6s. You will want a six to succeed on this. Is there any way that I can aid in this? Yeah, is it like a help? I don't remember how. Yes, that you can assist, and then okay. it just gives you an additional, it gives you a plus one die. Okay. To All the right, check. there you go. Sweet. Mm -hmm. Does, I don't, well, I got a success, but I, I have like a, I don't think my kit, did my kit help here? Uh, your kit would help here, yes. You would get a plus two to that, because there's actually a drug in your kit that you could be used to help, um, Relax the muscles and calm them. Okay. I'll so add it. Uh, okay, yeah, one success. One success. Okay, you're sitting there, kind of watching this person. You immediately thinking fast. You reach down into your cargo pants, just pull out your kit, start opening it up. You pull out the nap relief and immediately just fill up a little bit. And as you put in the sedative, you see this person just kind of starts. They're starting to like relax a little bit. Their muscles are relaxing a little bit, and you see them start to come out of it for a moment. When their eyes start to refocus, she takes like 
You can see she looks exhausted immediately as she kind of just sits there for a second. She looks up at you and she goes, Hi. Can you tell me your name? I'm Tig. I'm a paramedic. I'm Taylor. Hi, Taylor. Do you know where you are? Uh... I'm on the floor. You are. <laughs> she Would glances you like to be down. Off the floor. I think so. Yeah. Anything yeah, I think hurt? I... Did you hurt yourself when you fell? I don't know. Did I? Am I okay? Did I fall? Have you? Do you have a history of of seizures? Uh. Uh. No. Uh. What's happened? What happened? I you can see. Okay, okay, okay. She, you can so see her adrenaline start to raise a little okay. bit as the panic. She's like, what, what, what happened? Am I okay? okay? What happened? We'll find out. Okay, so I'm going to do, I'm just going to do like a once-over. Like, we're going to check. We're going to feel. And don't move. Don't get off the floor. If you're not used to falling from seizures, maybe this is a little, okay, this is more scary. So we're going to like make sure she doesn't have any like contusions, bumps, blood. Mm -hmm. we check the spine. Make sure she didn't hurt herself before we try to get her off the floor. Um, but yeah, just if everything seems okay, I'll let her sit up so that she's less freaked out about being on the floor. Mm -hmm. We want to make sure we're not going to like aggravate something if she hurt herself. Sure. You check her eyes, kind of look into her pupils for a second. You angle her head a little bit up towards the light since you don't have a light to mm -hmm. shine in her face, but you're trying to see if you can get some kind of reaction. Um, because you rolled a success on your medical check, um, you see, you've seen it before and you've been trained to deal with this too because in many situations when you were in the Marines would sometimes cause for, there were always drills. It was always the most dangerous part of waking up from hypersleep is immediately having to wake up without little, with little to no warning. It was, that is one of the most dangerous ways to travel is having a sudden jolt waking up from hypersleep. As you're looking at her eyes, you can see the telltale signs of what you think is probably what's called NDD or neurological distortion disorder. It happens to people sometimes in FTL travel, typically when they don't sleep properly in hypersleep. Um, it is temporary. But it looks like she may have not been sleeping properly when she was in her medical pod, which means she probably, the moment she gets on the beacon from your assessment, she needs to be put on bed rest until she comes down and she needs to be, she just needs to rest. Okay, so then if, if like, she does not seem like she injured herself from falling, can I get her off the floor? Is it she said yeah. to get off the floor? You see what looks like those like unfortunate, yeah, you sit her up, you, you see some real minor thing, like she has a, like a, a floor burn, as it were, from her, mm -hmm. on her elbow where she hit the ground and like when she was going into her spasms, mm -hmm. she kind of like moved across the floor a little too much. Otherwise, she looks okay. She looks quite confused and very nervous. Okay. Like, Hi. She goes, okay. Uh, you, you're uh, sitting up. I think you got a little, little seasick. Okay. Uh, but you're going to be okay. We just got to okay. get you to the medics when we get to the station. And they'll, you know, they're better equipped than me who also just woke up from uh, uh, sleep. So. She gives you a weak smile as you can see the nap relief start to kick in. And she just says, okay. Can somebody get some water? Yeah, thank you. I'll, just anyone who's nearby. Uh, Doc is immediately going. Okay. okay. Come back with water. At about this point, uh, you have re-entered the room, Isaac. And you see, looks like two humans. Both are huddled around. There's a small crowd of people that are huddled around the area where people were picking up food for the cafeteria and putting rations in the plates. It looks like something has happened while you stepped away.
Do you need any help? Oh, um, uh, is there a place that she could sit down? She's got, uh, sorry, what was the acronym? And, and NDD. And I think mm -hmm. she's got some NDD symptoms. Um, if there's a place that might be good for her to sit. I think I know a place. I'll pick her up. Okay. There you, go. you watch this person <laughs> who has, uh, do you have a name tag, Isaac, out of curiosity? Or is it just the beacon patch? Uh, that's a great world question. I think, uh, I think name tags are friendlier. Okay. So whoever Isaac is. Patch. Mm hmm mm hmm So whoever Isaac is, Isaac just squats down very carefully, very gently, effortlessly lifts this woman off the ground like she is a dried leaf. Where do you take her, Isaac? Um, sometimes near windows like the ones behind me, you can see a nice little flat uh, place you could, that someone could lie down and maybe also see the stars. I think maybe she might like that. She might see the station as we're going in. Okay. There is a port window where you could lay her down in a chair. I'll, nice I'll stay nearby so she doesn't roll to the side of it or anything. But it. As you carry her, she looks you in the eyes, Isaac, and just says, Wow. As you carry her effortlessly through the doorway. <laughs> um, overhearing all of this, Martha, somebody who is suffering from NDD likely had a malfunctioning sleep or cryopod for their hypersleep chamber. Uh, that's the first thing that comes to your mind. When you see as Isaac goes to set her down, the three of you are pretty much the only people left in the room as everyone filters out. A few moments pass when you hear again on the intercom, attention, attention. Arrival at Beacon Station imminent. Please be prepared to disembark. Thank you, and welcome to Beacon. And Isaac, as you're setting her down in the sofa, this luxurious, almost decadent, like leather, uh, faux leather chair that is next to one of the port-sized windows, you can see just outside the window what, no doubt, the pilot is seeing, and what some people who are looking out the window are seeing. A monolithic black tower made of steel and metals floating in the black oblivion of space. Without its running lights on, it would simply just look like a shadow upon a shadow contrasted against the faint distant blues of a nebula. The only indication that it was there. But the brief running lights of the station itself cast this eerie glow upon the black metals, making it look like some kind of sharpened rock floating all by itself in the emptiness of space. On the outside of this station, which you all know to be Beacon, you actually don't see the word Beacon scribed on the hull, but instead Zambezi Station with the Siegson Company logo on the outside. Some of the folks who notice this immediately have a reaction like, are we at the right 
place as the shuttle begins to pull into uh, the docking area, the airlock access on deck F. The only current in use airlock <laughs> down here on Beacon. And it is barely able to accommodate the star shuttle as it pulls into a synchronous movements with the station itself. And you can see extending across the gap of space between the shuttle and the station itself, what looks like a makeshift corridor that's just stretching further and further and further out until it finally makes contact. Five minutes of the docking procedure before the channel uh, openly pressurizes. And life support fills the interior of the hallway. We have arrived at Beacon Station. Thank you so much for traveling with us. We hope you have a pleasant stay. And one by one, people begin to line up and filter out. Isaac, you're probably this woman's only hope of getting onto the station without a couple of people having to carry her, so? I'll wait until the humans have filtered out so nobody accidentally jostles her. I think... If I can, I'll point out the Koi and the Fuente to her just to to show her things out the window. Okay. That does a great job of getting her distracted. Uh, she's a little high right now, but it looks like uh, pointing out the window at the two bison ships that are floating outside in orbit and connected to, to the Beacon Station actually does get her attention. She just kind of looks out at the two of them and says... Wow. Are the, those, those look really old. <laughs> One of them is. One of them is. And one by one, you all walk across this questionable <laughs> corridor that has extended to Beacon Station and is attached to it. Uh, I'll say Tig has been lingering a little bit. Uh, okay. Just, I mean, to stay by patient to... Uh, give info to passing off to next medical personnel um, mm -hmm. that was giving, you know, space. And when Isaac points out stuff as we walk back, she's kind of like, so you, you've been here before? Yes. You like it? Yes. Well, fair enough. <laughs> Can somebody tell me why it doesn't say beacon on the side? I thought we so, were going to beacon. <laughs> you can actually, like, like when you speak up at an airport and somebody who doesn't want to engage in the conversation but wants to let you know you're not alone, you actually hear a somebody up ahead saying, yeah, I was wondering the same thing. I may just be a small town doctor. <laughs> he, he's laughing. Like... But seriously, where, where where are we? I I don't recognize this. What's what's the name of this station? I was I, busy. I didn't have time to paint. Wait, what? <laughs> Do you want to accompany? her to the med bay to take. Uh, yeah, happy to. Okay, good. 
I'll swing by very quickly by the cargo hold and mm-hmm. I'll uh, grab uh, this woman's bag as well. You know, you sometimes you're carrying something and you have something mm-hmm. looped over your arm. Uh, I'll I'll just add that Tig as well. Be like, oh, uh, oh, oh, and they've got it. Okay, and we'll follow. <laughs> Okay. Everybody funneling down this makeshift corridor that is just loosely floating in space. It is slightly nerve-wracking. Not so much as to say everyone's getting stressed from it, but you do hear the groaning and whining of metal as y'all are walking across this constructed corridor. And around you, you can see out into the perfect black curtain of night. Um... Beacon Station looms up over you. It is questionable why it says busy on the hull, but here you are. When you reach the end and you're finally entering into Beacon Station itself, the first thing you're greeted with is a crowd and somebody shouting at people. You can hear somebody saying, please keep it moving. Please keep it moving. There is not enough room. Please proceed either up or down. You're going to G deck. You need as many people as possible to fit into E deck as quickly as they can, please make room. There is not a lot of space here. F-Deck is the only functioning airlock we have right now. Please make your way to E-Deck. You can use the stairs if you want to use the stairs. You can use the ladder, or you can sit here and sweat with the rest of us and wait for the, the elevator. And it is like cattle being packed into the entryway of the Beacon Station. What you find yourself in is an area that was probably designed for about a personnel of about as many people that are in here. Just kind of all packed into one spot. But the airlock access only accommodates two at a time and 20 people are trying to make their way through here. When you pass through the airlock access and actually put your boots down onto the deck plates of Beacon Station for the first time... It's hard to get an assessment of where you have arrived because the lights around here are slightly dimmed and not flickering, but definitely fluctuating. The place has an ominous hum to it, which most stations do, but this one sounds like it's actively groaning, like it's irritated. And when you enter through the airlock and step into the main corridor, you see that you're basically in an elevator lobby where there is a central column that has a lift that goes up and down through the central spine of Beacon Station itself. And a lot of people are trying to push themselves up against the wall to make as much room for people who are entering the station right now as they possibly can. Isaac, when you see the cattle being herded in here, as you've seen many, many times, you see standing next to him, uh, one of the Beacon personnel, just one of the many that are just calling out the orders. You can see standing, towering over the heads of a lot of people in here, uh, Preston Baker, who is just like answering some questions and saying, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. Just come on, get situated. F- press yourself up against the wall. We'll thank you for it later. You're fine. Don't worry. All questions will be answered. Please just proceed down to the hab deck and we will answer your questions right away. For the rest of you who see who's talking, Preston Baker uh, wears what looks like a flight jacket and uh, just a plain white shirt underneath with cargo pants and thick boots. He's late 40s. Uh, I, I'm sorry to do this to you. It's like I do this to you in every game just because I, I just like the reactions I get every time I do it. 
but he looks very similar to Idris Elba. Um, he's kind of, uh, who was in, by the way, Prometheus. So uh, I'm, br- I'm bringing it back. But you see Preston Baker bears what looks like a beacon patch on his shoulder. And it looks like he is sort of in charge here from what the three of you can tell. He makes eye contact with Isaac and kind of nods over to you, Isaac. Isaac! She needs to go to G-Deck. Looks down and says, (laughs) looks up at you for a second, kind of incredulously, uh, Isaac. And he says, well, we're starting this one off early, aren't we? What happened to her? I've already forgotten the acronym again. I'm so sorry. No, NDD. NDD. Uh, suffering from uh, effects of NDD, it'll probably wear off, but she needs oh, rest and medical shit. assistance. If you could direct us there, that would be great. All right, hold on a second. They're not going to like this too much. I need everybody who just got in the lift out of the lift. Everybody out of the lift. One by one. No, don't give me groans. Get out of the lift. Everyone back, back out. You see people starting to back out a little bit and says, Isaac, go ahead and take her up to G-Deck. See if you can get her situated up there. It's a medical emergency. If I hear any complaining, I'm going to put you down myself. Put you right back at the airlock that I brought you in. Isaac, go ahead. Uh, and before, who are you again? And points at you, Tig. Uh, Tig Finch. She holds out a hand to shake. <laughs> she shakes her hand. Tig Finch. Nice to meet you. I'm... Preston Baker, I'm the XO of Beacon. You uh, have a skill set that might help this young woman? Paramedic. There's also a doctor who is helping us. I don't know where Reg ended up, but... (laughs) You're just packed in there, Reg. Yeah. You're You're, you're just kind of like... If if I do hear any of that, it's just... Yes, yes, I'm I'm a doctor. I can help. Let him through. I I came to help. Let him through. So close and touching me. (laughs) Um. Come on, come on. It, give me a hand. He reaches out, oh. takes your hand, and starts pulling you through the crowd. Everyone at that point is like, hey! So everyone's kind of getting out of the way. He says, all right, the two of you go up with uh, go up with uh, Isaac here to the next deck. Get her situated. Uh, of course, I'd love to. And I'm just going to see if I see Martha in the crowd and just wave. <laughs> yeah, Martha's just packed in there like a sardine. Martha also, yeah, you might get a glimpse of Martha in the the crowd and you kind of see this look on her face that's like just glazed over eyes where it's just like, okay, gonna get through this now. Kind of like used to this type of weird physical discomfort in a, with a lot of people around. I think Tig leans over to Red and goes, do you want to save your friend too? Uh, I mean, if, if that's if that's all right, I don't know how this works. There's a lot more people than I thought there was. Gonna, you think they let you think they let Martha, a uh, corporal Martha, on here? Uh, oh, you just got right. She, that's a good rank. I don't know. I mean, I I wouldn't want to suppose. Tig's just gonna walk over. If I okay. Can see if I can see her within mm-hmm. like a few rows, she's just gonna walk straight up. She's been given approval to go up, so she's just gonna reach and be like, "Hi, sorry about this," and she's gonna try to reach for Martha's hand. One out. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, pull, I'm gonna pull, yeah. pull her through okay. the crowd uh, and not not address uh, 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 Baker at all. Okay. And just like I'm I'm do I, I, yeah I've been I've been designated medical expert so this is what we're doing and she's just gonna like she knows what she's doing grab Martha and then 
bring her onto the Okay. A couple of people see what's happening and look a little annoyed, but they don't say anything. Baker is completely distracted. Baker leans over to Isaac, who's still holding this young woman, and uh, says, Is this everyone? Where the fuck is everybody? I'm only counting 20 people here. 25. 25? Fuck. This is going to be a long day. I'll break the news. You take care of uh, this one. It's a small deck. We'll hear it. Yeah. Yeah, you will. All right, everybody. Down the lower deck. No, don't give me no complaining. No complaints. Go. Move, move, move. Go on. Thank you. The four of you with young Miss Taylor in arm step into the lift and it goes <laughs> the heavy elevator doors just close in front of you you see a flickering green display in front of you as you see the multiple decks that are available for you to travel on everybody else might be surprised to spot that while you can see the decks J deck I deck H, G, F, E, all the way down to A. What you notice is everything from E deck below E deck is currently blacked out on the elevator. Curiously enough, the HAB deck, which is in the E block, seems to be accessible. And then the elevator goes... <laughs> you start traveling up and up and up. So this this has been this has been something so far. It, who, who all's in that elevator? It's all it's just the the five of us. And yeah. Taylor, who is yeah. kind of just sitting in Isaac's arms and a little high. Is Baker yeah. here too? Nope, Baker's, Baker's staying on okay. the deck. Yep, it's um, just y'all. Yeah, Martha's p kind of politely uh, says. Uh, I appreciate you getting me out of there, but why did you get me out of there? I thought you were a friend of the docks. I mean, we, 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 I mean, we just we just met, but we're kind of friends. Uh, I, 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 well, nice to have a familiar face about. I think um, you were just I mean, being you were just being nice, being, being friendly. Yeah, they have that out here in space, right? Friendliness. You know. Uh, yeah. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean. I, I, I was feeling like a sardine over there, and, and, and I, I figured uh, maybe maybe you might have been feeling like a sardine too. So let's uh, let's stop being fish. Then the elevator comes to a stop, and you hear the the door just as soon as the door opens. On the other side of the wave of sound that comes from these thick metal doors just going sliding open for all of you, you hear a woman's voice shouting at the end of a hallway, How the fuck am I supposed to keep these deadlines? Well, I was going to say enjoy the honorary medic assignment for the day, Corporal, that it might come with a little more peace and quiet, but I believe I stand preemptively corrected. I want to see what's going on. Space uh, has it, such salty language. <laughs> so, some of the facilities are provisional uh, they're in progress uh, the station's come a long way um, but but there's more work to do but but we're going to do it uh, the med bay what we're using uh, 
This way. And Isaac steps out of the elevator. Martha's going to follow. Martha has her, like, small military-issue duffel bag slung. Okay. Kind of just, like, she's holding it over her shoulder. Steps off of the lift. Follows Isaac. You kind of get the impression that you knew what Isaac is talking about now. You're on G-Deck, the upper tower. This is a small portion of Beacon Station. Of course, it is a tower that grows thinner and thinner towards the top. The decks get smaller. So as you've stepped out of the elevator and into the hallway, you see in front of you what looks like two open doors. One of them looks like they leads into uh, a space that might be some kind of living area, but it has a great viewport that looks out into space, just a wall of window that looks out into this beautiful sea of stars. You can see just from where you are, the looks like the silhouette maybe of one of the bison class ships that are just lingering out just beyond. Somebody is in that room. They sound very unhappy. As the two of you exit, two of you exit, the two of you exit, behind the elevator is what looks suspiciously like what might have once been a cafe. There's like a bar that's been set up. It has no chairs. There's like maybe one stool that is bent and a bit out of place. It looks like it's been used as a ladder in a few places. But interestingly enough, that catches your attention, both Tig and Reg. You see on the other side of this long bar, an area where restaurant tables have been overturned or stacked up in a corner. You can see what looks like cots have been laid out. And you know a triage when you see one. It, this is the med bay... This is bad. All you see are empty cots, a couple of what look like computer systems set up to monitor life support. You see one patient is in here already. They look like they're covered up with uh, maybe bandages over their head. It's hard to tell, but it looks pretty analog from what you're looking at. You bring Taylor into the med bay and gently lay her down on one of the cots. I'm looking for someone who is in charge of this space. <laughs> Not you, sure if I'm going to find one. <laughs> you look around and you see you, Isaac, Martha, and the doc. And then somebody who looks like they're unconscious laying in bed. I, I look at Isaac, who has established they've been here before. Uh, uh, is there a... Is this just like a free-for-all? Is there like a head uh, physician on the station? Yes, we we have a chief medical officer. I want to see who is on that other cot. Yeah. I think I wreck it. I, you I walk over. Okay. You, after having laid her down, you turn Isaac and walk the 15 feet over to the other cot where you see somebody looks like they are unconscious. The bandages on their head would indicate that they've been bleeding a little bit, but it looks like it's under control. You can see that their vitals look stable as you walk up. That much you can tell without having to make a roll. But what definitely gives you a sense of what is going to become a very dangerous logistics problem, you see laying there in the cot, Dr. Skylar Khan. I'm going... The CMO of Beacon. To pause... 
I am going to turn around and return to the paramedic and the soldier and the doctor. Our chief medical officer is not available. Is there anything that I can get you? Uh, I think Tig will probably have put that that whole action in, in a circle around together uh, and will turn to uh, Reg and be like, Doctor, uh, yes. you have a patient. <laughs> and I will gesture to Taylor. I would give you the rundown and the general impression, uh, but you were there, so uh, that of course, makes my MDD, job um, a little Jocelyn from coming out of uh, FTL, as I understand it. Not a common occurrence in my usual practice, so I'd be very uh, intrigued to to uh, treat this particular patient. Uh, might might I ask what what ails uh, our, our other friend uh, there? There. Bandages on her head. Oh. Uh, is, is there a physician assigned to that particular patient? Or, or should I take a look at them after I, I've got Taylor nice and taken care of? Please attend to both patients, if you would be so kind. Ah, that, that's why I came here. I, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm terribly rude. I'm... I'm Dr. Reginald Albright, but my friends call me Reg and my patients call me Doc. Hello, Doctor. I am Isaac. Well, it's, it's a pleasure to meet you, Isaac. He's got, he has his hands out for a handshake. <laughs> Tig will take it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, take Finch. Pleasure working with you, Doctor. Pleasure. And, and your name was. I'm so sorry. Oh, yes, you. Yes. Oh, T Tig Finch. Tig, 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 Tig Finch. Lovely to meet you. Uh, uh, this is my friend here. Uh, if you don't mind me making 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 us all acquaintances, this is my friend Corporal Martha. Hi. Nice to meet you. Um. Isaac, do you know, number one, you probably know who that is, but also number two, were they, were they like that when you left the station? No, she was standing up and didn't have bandages on her head. So something went down here while we were on our way here. She did. And there's literally, yes. There's a the lady who's yelling in the other room. Martha's that actually was there before just, like, I left. The oh, yelling lady. Okay. She's very compassionate and efficient. Hmm. Got it. Martha has started walking around the perimeter of this room, looking to see if there's like what is the wiring of things in the wall like are there light switches are there little calm there are calm relay stations stuck in the mm -hmm. wall okay yeah all right yeah it, so she's checking it, out the tech in this room it's very basic there is a computer console that connects to mother in the main corridor uh where the elevator is 
But you also see, as you step out and just kind of look around the corridor, you can see, even though the paint is scraping off the walls from years and years of just wear and tear, you can see, written in a few different languages, arrows pointing directions of what is where on this deck. You actually see that the mother mainframe is about 30 feet away from you. The access leading into the mainframe for the mother AI is on this deck. You can tell, too, from looking at the wall, Martha, this indeed used to be a restaurant. It looks like it has been set up to be some kind of makeshift mm. triage. The lights and the power on this deck seem to be working just fine. What you can tell from data readouts and also the medical equipment that is, is been splayed out here, everything seems to be functioning properly. You also notice, since you as well as Tig are looking around, y'all would also notice that it looks like a lot of medical supplies have been stacked up here in the corners. Lots of uh, drugs that are needed, lots of painkillers. You can see what looks like uh, looks like surgical kits, uh, things that are probably supposed to be put away inside of an actual med bay have been stored here in the corners. It is a slapdash triage area. Aside from that, though, mm. you don't see anything else. And as far as you know, the only other person on the deck with you here, aside from Isaac, is someone who is shouting in the other room. Um, yeah, Martha. So Martha comes back to the group and says, I'm feeling kind of antsy because I'm just not used to, like, who am I supposed to check in with? Who do I report to here? No one has really, Isaac. like, collected me or something. I don't know. First, she has a meeting with Baker. We'll know when it's done. Okay, we just wait. Okay, I can wait. You hear can the I heavy get you something? Uh, no, I, get, I don't know. I'm not used to this lack of, like, structure. I don't know what I want. I'll go try to find you some structure. Thanks. I'll go down the hallway and see whether Baker has started moving in. What the particular flavor of yelling is in this precise moment and my estimation of its duration. So when you exit the restaurant area, leaving these three to tend, when you enter into the main corridor where the elevator is located, the lift doors are still open. You don't see any sign of Baker. He hasn't made it up to the deck yet or he's being delayed down below. And just as you start calculating what that's going to mean for you around the corner, you see a 51-year-old Latino woman who is currently wearing what looks like a shirt that she has sweat through and work pants. It looks like she has been getting a little bit of elbow grease in here as well. And the look on her face, she is exhibiting the same emotional state that you were hearing when you arrived on the deck. She has a few strands of gray in her wavy, curly-ish black hair that's tied back into a ponytail. But the look on her face would indicate that this has been a, another day on Beacon. And she comes striding into the corridor. She's in the middle of having a conversation with Mother. And you can hear her saying to Mother, I don't fucking care how long it takes. Just 
get that data to the engineers on the cargo deck so that they can start work in sufficient power. She stops as she sees you and she says, Isaac, Isaac, you're back. Fuck, has the shuttle arrived already? Fuck, fuck. I didn't come without it. Thank you, Isaac. I'm glad you, you didn't swim out here. Where's Preston? F-Deck getting the 25 people in our ship into E-Deck. 25. <sighs> Fine. Great. Just have fine. things been going well? They could be going better, Isaac. They could be going a lot better. What happened to Dr. Khan? Fuck, I meant to check in on her. And without answering you, she strides past you, Isaac, and heads straight into the restaurant, where she finds three individuals. Standing there, you see, rounding the corner, because you are familiar with the interview process, each one of you recognizes Director Camilla Varela, the CEO and director of Beacon. She is a 51-year-old Latina from Brazil, a former Wayland yutani executive who decided to form Beacon on her own. She has made People magazine at least once. And right now, she looks like she hasn't slept in 48 hours. When she enters the room, she looks at all of you, and without saying a word, she walks over to the person that's laying motionless in the cot and looks down, checks her vitals, and goes, Do any of you... Why are you all here? Who are you? <clears throat> uh, first, first and foremost, hello, it's nice to meet you. My name is... Dr. Reginald Albright, my friends call me Reg, and my patients call me Doc. Dr. Albright, I'm so sorry. And she approaches you and extends her hand. Takes the hand. It's a pleasure to meet you. I'm so sorry I wasn't there to greet you when you stepped off the shuttle. It's been a lot since we've started here. Um, your timing could not be better. Uh, <laughs> could you do me a favor and please help Dr. Schuyler? Miss Khan has been unconscious for the past 24 hours, and I really need a trained medical professional to look at her. We are incredibly shorthanded. Absolutely. I'm just putting the final touches on our, our lovely friend here, Taylor, who got a little bit of a conk on the head due to some NDD. Uh, as soon as she is... NDD? Is she going to be all right? She's going to be fine. Uh, love, uh, luckily enough, we've got quite a few capable hands on our... Uh, on our, uh, on our on my side this time. We've got uh, the wonderful Tig who took action before I could even get to Taylor. So uh, you, you've been blessed with quite a few medical professionals. Nice Tig, you're a you, director. She shakes her hand and says, you're, you're also a medical professional then. Medic. Medic. Good. And she turns and looks at you, Martha. 
with a quirked eyebrow and says, are you also a, a medical professional? No, ma'am. I am Corporal Martha Marrero, a Comtech Marine. I've been oh, assigned here. fuck me. I do have some basic, just first aid medical training, if that helps. You're the one the Colonial Marines sent. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. This is a very bad day. What are you good at, aside from spying or whatever it is you're here? I'm not, uh, okay. Uh, I'm a comtech, so communications and technology mainly. Okay. I also have combat training, former assault marine, so security in general. I can do. And like I said, some basic first aid training. Comtech will come in use. We've been having a lot of problems on the decks below. Isaac can sort you out with that, but that's, that's later. I'm going to go connect with Baker. Isaac, can you sort them out? We're going to have orientation on the hab deck in about... Oh, fuck. I'll, I'm just going to have to fucking do it now. Give me 30 minutes. We'll just fucking do it now. 30 minutes, Habdeck, get situated here. Doctor, if you could help her, please, I would be very grateful. She is literally our only, well, up until now, she was our only doctor on the station. I'm going to go orient everybody else down below. All right. That would be my pleasure. What was your name again? She points at you, Martha. Corporal Martha Marrero. Marrero. Yes, ma'am. Fuck. She pivots on her heel and heads to the lift. You hear the doors going... And as she steps in the lift, she says, Mother, give me the rundown of everyone that stepped off the shuttle. I need to know what everyone's profession is. Computing. And then it starts... She, you can hear Mother start listing off names as the door goes... Just as a hatch opens... And Baker steps out of the ladder access and goes, all right. And then notices the elevator and goes, is that her going down? Yes. Yes, sir. I'm really tempted to just pretend like I didn't see that. But she'll just probably take it out on you, Isaac. And he gets back into the ladder and starts going back down and closes the hatch behind him. Doc's gonna move over uh, after making sure Taylor's okay, okay to to the other doctor and start to diagnose what's wrong. Okay. Make us a check, if you would, please. Okay, Delky. Uh, while that's happening, uh, uh, after Baker leaves again, Tig is like poking at um, just kind of like the boxes of supplies. Near nearby where Martha is, and without looking, goes. So, do you would you prefer if we pretended we didn't hear that? Would that make you feel better? Look, I uh, no, whatever. Uh, you heard it. You heard it. Yeah, it's fine. Okay. I I'm not sure what I was expecting, but I guess I wasn't expecting that. The the, the everything about this whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Me either, but. Interesting. Yeah. Thought this might be a 
more pleasant environment than where I came from, but now I'm not so sure. She was worried fine. about interference. She likes to run things her own way. I mean, I have no power here. Corporal is nothing. I mean, like, I'm not going to come in and try to... I have no power to take over her operation, so I don't know why she's looking at me like that. While this conversation I mean, is unfolding, just while this yeah, conversation sorry. is unfolding, real quick, I want our doc here to make yes. a medical aid check. Oh, I could, uh, let's see. So that means I'm rolling 3d6. Uh, and I got... Uh, you should be rolling a lot more than 3d6, my friend. Uh, it's your what, empathy what is, and your medical. Oh, it's yeah. empathy and... Oh, ooh, mm -hmm. it's you should, If you have I'm a medical kit, eight. should give, give the bonus, right? What's that? The medical kit should give a bonus as well, or is that... That sounds about right, yeah. And yeah, so Noir, two. I think Dr. Albrecht also has some abilities, correct? Do you I have, have compassion, so I can push. Uh, oh, okay, perfect. Hopefully you won't need to. Yep, I'm hoping go. that too. So go ahead and roll those 66 then. You said you have a three empathy and a three. What's your score? Uh, so I have five empathy and three Jeez. And okay, so two for your having equipment and a, a surgical mm -hmm. kit or a doctor's kit. Mm -hmm. so, so ten. So ten dice. You need a six. All right. Um, ba -ba 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 -ba. Let's see. It's uh, uh, so far I've got three sixes. Okay. Number of the piece. I was gonna say that's not that's your first roll for the alien RPG. All right, nicely done. Um, so you can hear them talking behind you, Doc, and there is a familiarity to this. You're kind of back in your element, as unknown as everything has been, as the stress and rigors of space flight have been for you so far. Your body's starting to come around, but you're able to find focus and purpose as you pick up what looks like, it looks like maybe like a makeshift medical sheet of diagnosis or like a log as to what happened. So you examine her. Dr. Skylar Kahn, CMO of Beacon Station. She's 44, appears to be East Indian. She looks like she takes good care of herself. She seems to be resting peacefully. You take a look at the wound as everyone continues talking, carefully removing some of the bandage to take a good look at it, activating a little bit of the light to sort of move her head gently to the side so you could see what happens. And something begins to stir in you as you see the head wound. It causes you to go back and look at what you just read on the report. You flip through this analog paper as you kind of pull, pour through some of the data and some of the notes that have been made. And you see that according to the log, about a day ago, it's listed as an accident report. And apparently the doctor was down below on the life support deck. She was down there with a team of engineers and while she was down there, they reported hearing her fall or hit the ground. When they ran over to see if she was okay, she was laying unconscious with a small little pool of blood starting to collect near the right side of her head. And they said what 
became clear to them is she slipped. The way the engineers describe it is there is detritus and debris all on D deck down below where the life support deck is. That apparently the life support deck is in total disarray. And according to this, it's also in total darkness. You're not sure what that's all about. But their theory is, is that she may have slept on, slipped on one of the papers or one of the many things that was laying on the ground. That's interesting to you because that may have been what they think happened. But with that many successes, doctor, every bone in your body tells you she was struck across the head with something from behind. I would like to take a look to see if there are any bruising any bruises that correlate with a slip and fall versus um, someone getting knocked out. Her palms look completely fine. She doesn't have any markings on her knees. Somebody hit her. You're sure of it. Someone struck her from behind. The good news, though, is, is it looks like she is stable. And according to the medical report, she has slipped in and out of consciousness a few times. So she is showing activity. All right. But there's no doubt in your mind. Somebody attacked this woman. And that is where we're going to pause. We're going to pause here for a 10-minute break. We'll be back in 10 minutes, everybody, as we continue with Beacon. Giveaway is coming up soon. So get ready. And we'll see you in 10 minutes. Welcome back, everybody. Sorry about the little bit of a long break, but now we are back and we're going to jump back into our session of Beacon. Where we left off is our good doctor, Dr. Albrecht. You just made a startling discovery. This woman who is laying unconscious on this cot was certainly attacked by what looks like a heavy object. She was struck across the back of the head, which seems to suggest she was attacked in the dark by an unknown assailant. The According to... The, the official log, they just sort of took the person's word for it, the engineering crew. The engineering crew say they came upon her laying unconscious on the ground. They managed to get her back up here. They gave her, uh, they, looks like, according to the station log, they took her on board one of the bison vessels that are, that's currently docked with the station, a ship called the Elios. On board, they put her in what's called an auto-dock, which is literally a medical bed with an auto-doctor. When you don't have a med staff around, this thing functions as a fully functional AI that is capable of diagnosing and even doing some levels of surgery that are required, emergency surgeries. The auto-dock was able to relieve a lot of the pressure and to stabilize her. And she has been sedated ever since. She was brought back on board the station and is being put, and now she is resting. Um, all right, um, everybody, if, my, if I might have your attention, uh, I know you're in the middle of conversations, but, um, uh, it would seem that my patient here, uh, Ms. Khan, uh, has, uh, endured some trauma to the back of the head, uh, reported as an accident, but from everything that I've seen, uh, I have ruled that this is actually... Uh, an assault and that being said and me not knowing the personnel of this vessel very well I know that we are all newcomers here so I would uh, it would it would bring me a certain level of comfort if I might uh, ask your assistance and making sure that we watch 
we watch her diligently so that nobody comes to do any manner of shenaniganery. Absolutely. Indeed. Well, all right. Well, I, 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 I know to it, it, once given an assignment, a Marine will see it through. So I feel much, I feel much safer knowing that uh, Skyler here is under your ever watchful eyes. Uh, I, I, I would very much like to talk with our director here to see if there might be anybody that has any ill will against Skyler here. So, uh, 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 Isaac, you, you seem to have uh, the reins of uh, the, the ship here. Is there any way that I might be able to get you to 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 let the director know that I would like a word with them? You can have a word with her in ten uh, minutes. I, I, I mean, could you could you let could you let her know that I would like to talk to her, uh, if at all possible? Okay. If it's no trouble, I'm, I just, I wouldn't know where to go to find her. I will open the hatch of the ladder that Baker came up, and I will okay. go down where she is conducting the orientation in 10 okay. minutes. Isaac abruptly just goes to the hatch and pulls it open, swings onto the ladder and just do, 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 and disappears. Uh, GM, what's like the mm -hmm. comms situation on base? Do we need to be aware of that? No, that's legit. With all of the sci-fi games we have played, many of them are quite futuristic, in mm -hmm. which case all you have to do is tap a communicator on your chest and you can talk to whoever you want, wherever they are. Aliens is much more analog, and mm -hmm. this world, if you want to talk to somebody, you either have to have a radio on you, or you have to go find a wall unit that actually will communicate or connect to somebody. Cool. In this case, only, the only wall unit that is available right now on this deck is actually on the other side of the lift, but it is on the central column near where the elevator is located. There is a console that connects you directly to Mother. All right. So, so all right then uh i'm just gonna have a word with the director it might require me stepping away from my patients um in which case tig if you might be uh if you might take over as the lead physician while i'm away that would do me a great comfort yeah for sure i i, I came to do work but i, I had no idea it'd be so soon yeah, to kind of eyeballs the towers of medical equipment that are not uh, uh, put in any particular order or away. They're just in their crates, it sounded like. So, yeah, I have some work cut out for us. Yeah, this is not an ideal um, medical facility for sure. I, I'm, I'm wondering what exactly led them to create such a triage in the first place, but I suppose that'll be part of the conversation that I have with our dear director. Hmm. Guessing the actual med base probably on an offline floor, <laughs> or worse. That's that could be that could be a, a wishful thinking on my part. I, well, I couldn't I couldn't help but notice when we were coming up the lift, there are so many blacked out floors. Uh, yeah, I noticed that too. 
it's just it's a little disconcerting that we come here to a, to a halfway working station, I suppose. Are they bringing people here to fix it? I, mean, I just I don't understand. Um, I think uh, maybe, or at least I'm one of the people they brought in to help fix things. You hear some feedback suddenly coming through an intercom, and you're in a few moments pass, and then you hear somebody clearing their throat, and what sounds like Preston Baker coming through, saying, Could everyone please report to the orientation as soon as possible on E-Deck, also known as the Hab Block, if you can read. Report there immediately. And clicks off. Well, this, is, this puts us in a little bit of a sticky wicket because I, 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 I would like someone to keep eyes on Taylor and 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 Con. Miss Con here. Um, I, I, I suppose it's mandatory to come to this meeting. So uh, maybe Isaac can. Watch them. You know, I, I, does, does Isaac have any any medical training? Yeah, I don't know. I just figured the, someone who's already heard the orientation before might be able to wa- watch the patients. But that's a good question. I mean, we could ask them when they get here uh, if they come if they're coming back. Well, yeah, that's another thing. Like, I. Based on what you told us about it being an assault, I I also wouldn't want to leave the either patient, but really this patient alone, even for a few minutes. Yeah, I mean, what blockheaded fool would attack the only doctor on the station? That just that just don't sit right with me. That don't make any sense. Even if he, even if he, I don't know, he got problems with Miss Connie. He's the only one to patch you up. Well. Maybe it's not an attack at the doctor specifically. Maybe it's an attack at the station. Sabotage? I mean, this far out. Someone's I mean, pet project to bring this thing to life. Maybe someone has an issue with the director. Yeah, I mean, if that's the case, I better start investing in a helmet if I'm going to take up the mantle of doctor on the station. Yikes. Yeah, Isaac seems pretty strong. Maybe you just make friends. <laughs> you know, I'm worried that Isaac might not like me. He seems very quiet around me. Isaac just seems straight to the point. Probably nothing personal. Uh, I, I, I do have a tendency to dance around topic i usually have to give some manner of bad news and i like to put as many flowers on that as possible it's old Mm -hmm. habit well so what what do we want to do here um you know i i i'm great at memorizing things i've got a wonderful head on my shoulder so i can go gone to the meeting and I can report back uh, everything said and besides if somebody comes to do any sort of dirt towards Miss Khan I'd only get in into your ways <laughs> I'm not 
any sort of <laughs> combatant. I'm not good with any sort of conflict, really. So uh, I don't want to break the rules because that's conflict. So I should, I should, I should probably be on my way. Okay. Uh, so Tig, uh, you have the medical prowess and also oh, yeah, the. I'm fine today. Yeah, it's fine combat training i just feel bad leaving you behind here by yourself but i also i think i really need to go to this orientation yeah. and check in i mean isaac's coming back right it's fine we can make we can ask isaac to come back up yeah we'll send them back up I'll, I, uh, to look can. over to, is taylor sleeping finally muted oh. muted yes she is just sort of breathing gently Totally passed out. Looks peaceful. Take kind of looks over, like, I'm be. making friends. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I will come up right back up after the orientation, unless I'm assigned to go do something else. Yeah, we'll, we'll catch up. We'll, we'll we'll circle back. We'll figure figure it out. Okay. This whole place seems like we're kind of just uh, taking it step by step. So. Fine with yeah. You. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Good luck, team. All right, we'll see you on the other side. So you'll just sit and, like, just kind of, like, pop down and, like, we'll pull up one of the, like, crates and kind of start, like, just see what, what we've got, what she's got. If there's, like, a, yeah. if there if there is any, um, um, uh, manifest, is that the right word? Like, what, uh, like, uh, who's done inventory? Yeah, has you, any you want inventory an inventory. Been done? Mm -hmm. has any looks like it has. Okay, then. Great. It, it this looks, step better. <laughs> it's good. Looks like Dr. Khan is actually the one who's done the inventory. It looks Amazing. like it's been meticulously tracked. Amazing. You, My best you friend. Can also, you can also see that this is not the extent of the medical supplies on the station. It looks like some of them are still currently in crates, as long with medical equipment that is yet to be unpacked. Um, you can see a few notes, too, that Skylar has made. Apparently, she... Judging from the tone of her notes, it, it sounds to you, Tig, like she is anxiously awaiting getting the stuff installed, mm. which kind of leads you to wonder why it's not. Mm. But she has been on station for, the, for a while now, one of the first people to arrive here. All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll peruse this. So this will be my reading material while okay. I keep these two company and let the other two uh, go, go do uh, administrative things. Fill me in later. <laughs> okay. So the rest of you decide to head to the orientation, taking to the lift if you want to do that or taking the ladder if you wish to do that. Either way, you all head down to the lower decks. While that's happening, they leave you here. As you take a seat, Tig, you start flipping through some of the pages to take a look at some of her notes. And Tig, this place is being completely outfitted from the looks of it. It looks like there's actually a lot of medical supplies currently stashed on Beacon Station. Not terribly surprising, since Beacon is literally meant to be sort of like a Doctors Without Borders on the edge of space. Mm -hmm. Lots of medical supplies, basic antibiotics, uh, lots of materials that are probably going to be taken to the colonies once they're ready to ship out. But it looks like they're not being stored properly. And you see the doctor has already put in a formal complaint in one of the footnotes of about two crates of vaccines that have been had that need to be destroyed now because they were not stored properly or refrigerated properly. Okay. Uh, it, you're starting to get a sense from looking at these notes that Beacon Station is in rough shape and it looks completely disorganized. Yeah. 
Um, if I can find like a pen, this, this was paper notes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I can you can find, find a pen synthetic somewhere. paper, not yeah. actual wood pulp or anything like that. But yeah, you just yeah. take out a pen. Uh, and I'm gonna start making. Tig's gonna start adding her own notes. Uh, she'll she'll okay. look over to the doctor, and be like, "I'm sorry to defile your. They're very lovely notes, but while you're out for the count, I think um, we're gonna we're gonna do our best here. Uh, and I'm gonna start uh, prioritizing like what like if there's any more vaccines that are or things things that are like organic that need to be stored separately, like priority obviously um and that kind of thing so she'll she'll just start like bookmarking and then we'll make notes about we are in a restaurant at, uh, that has been turned into a triage center right mm-hmm. maybe we'll reroute some power to those the gotta be a big fridge it's a restaurant so it's close by check that out so she's gonna just start taking notes about the very little she knows about this um station so far with what uh, dr khan has organized so that's it does look like a small doing. kitchen area in the back it has a slightly flickering light you can see an empty back room. Probably not very large. Not a full-sized kitchen. Well, power gets back there. There's a flickering light, so we'll... <laughs> Ooh, we'll do our okay. best. The rest of you gathering down on the life, the, the life support deck, also known as the HAB block, or E-deck. The HAB block is where... Everyone sleeps, with the exception of the director. Everyone on Beacon Station who is staff has a quarters that are going to be assigned to you here. What you all see as you're all piling into this is that E-Deck is actually quite large and is made up of multiple corridors that lead to doors that kind of look like entrances into closets, <laughs> which... For anybody who is yet to stay on a station as staff might immediately fill you with a sense of dread of, oh God, oh God, I'm a, I've just committed myself to living in solitary confinement on a space station in the middle of nowhere, which is to an extent kind of true. But what you notice as you get closer to some of these doors, as you're all kind of filtering into this area down on the hab block is that a few of them are open right now as they are unclaimed. Nothing has been assigned. And you can actually see what looks like a decent-looking living space behind each door. Um, anybody who just, like, pokes in and looks around, you can see it actually... There is a sofa, a place where you can, like, watch the news. It looks like it has, uh, like, essentially digital sets up against the walls. So you can observe things that are going around the station or watch entertainment. There's also a really tiny kitchen and sink area. And you presume the rest of it is all on the other side of the walls inside the living space. But each person apparently is going to be assigned one of these. Inside these corridors, as everybody's being packed in here, it's becoming harder and harder to, uh, to, to sort of get into a place where you can see and hear where you want to be because how everyone's packed in. But after about 15 minutes or so of everyone gathering here, it's not as cramped as it was on the previous deck. You're not shoulder to shoulder, but it is not convenient. Once again, raising questions, why the hell are we doing this here? Which you hear some of the new station staff asking, like, what is going on? Is something going on? Like, what is the deal with the station? Some of the other people who you can only assume have been here longer are kind of reacting in a bit of a hazing type manner of like, oh, welcome to Beacon. You're going to love it here. Oh, no, it's great. Like, and others are reacting like, just wait, you're going to find out. But one thing that you can tell Martha and one thing that you can tell Reg 
is looking around at the people on this deck, you see a lot of people that were responding to a call. Yes, it's a job opportunity, but coming out here to to bring some help and to some aid to the frontier colonies, you were probably expecting to see folks that were a little energized and ready to go. But instead, you see folks that look absolutely knackered, completely tired, exhausted. Preston Baker stands up in front of a large gathering crowd and he pulls down what looks like like a trucker's radio and he goes, taps it a little bit and shrugs and looks at somebody. A few moments pass as everyone calms down, gets quiet as they wait for the radio and he goes, a few moments. There, is it on? Can you all hear me now? Is this working? Yes. All right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> so everyone's got some questions. I'm going to answer a few of them. I don't have all the answers, but I'll give you the ones that I've got. You've probably noticed the station doesn't look too good. You've probably noticed things are a little strange here the way they are right now. We have our lovely benefactors to thank for that. This station was once called... Well, it really doesn't matter, but if you want to know a little bit of a history lesson, you've probably noticed on the outside of the station itself that it was not named Beacon. The station was formerly called Zimbezi Station and belonged to a company that we've all heard of before called Siegson. Siegson built this station who the fuck knows how many years ago. If I had to guess, maybe, possibly, the Triassic Era. Now then... This station used to be something of a hub for people coming and going. It's been towed out here and donated to us by our lovely benefactors at Wayland Utani. Yay! What we were expecting was a station that was fully operational. What we're getting is a station that is half broken and in need of serious repair. And to top things off, I'm sure you've all noticed as you've looked around, that we don't have the staff we were promised. We were to number at about 140, and instead we have roughly, oh, 80 or so, 85. Isaac, how many would you say? Assuming no one has left the station since I left and returned and added 25 people, there would be a total of 85 now. So, 85 of you. 85 of us have to get this station operational and livable, and we have to do it in a very tight time frame because there are colonies on the frontier that need our help. That's the challenge. So, why aren't we able to do that? Well, right now, this station has no power below EDEC. You go below E-deck, you go at your own risk. Everything from the life support deck to the main concourse to the cargo deck to the engineering platform. At the very bottom, where the fusion reactor rests, everything is in total darkness and in total disrepair. That, unfortunately, hasn't changed. And he looks over at you, Isaac, with a shrug. He says, welcome home, Isaac. Isaac here is our company Synthetic. Isaac is one of the hardest workers that we have, and you will be using Isaac to the full extent of which they are capable of helping you. Oh. Do keep in mind that Isaac is the only Synthetic we have on board, so if you wish to use Isaac's skill sets of any kind on your tasks, it must be cleared through me. And believe me, if I find out 
that you've had Isaac come to your quarters to clean your toilets or something, I'll have your ass out of an airlock in the blink of an eye. It wasn't that big of a deal. Anyway. (laughs) So. Over the next few weeks, we are going to try to get Beacon operational. And maybe, if we're very lucky, we'll even manage to change the fucking name on the package. But for now... The goal is to get the lights on on the lower decks, the main concourse and the life support deck, and most importantly of all, B deck, which is the cargo deck. We can be expecting a lot of supplies being run through here in the next few weeks. We need to have an operational cargo deck. I don't know if you've noticed, but they're all being stored wherever we can put them, and more are coming. That brings us to the second challenge that we have. Unfortunately, as some of you have heard, our CMO is currently recovering from an accident that she had on the life support deck during one of the ventures down below. We were down there earlier this week because we were trying to recover as much as we could of the medical supplies that were abandoned so that we could ascertain whether or not they were usable. I'm sad to report that none of them are. And... We are also trying to ascertain the status of the medical bay, which is located on B-deck. Sitting in total darkness and completely unusable. We have been shorthanded, but now that we have some people here, and now that our numbers have swelled to a grand total of 85, Beacon is now going to make all of its due efforts to get the station fully operational. And uh, do so as quickly as possible. It's snatching the, the... should see the, the thing out of her out of his hand. Dr. Varela takes it and says, I'll take it from here. And he just takes a step back and she says, I'm Director Varela. If I look like shit, it's because I feel like shit. We've been given a huge opportunity and we've been given... We've been given the shit into the stick, my friends. Beacon was meant to be fully operational and ready to go to help people out here on the frontier, but instead we have been saddled with three ships when I requested six. One of them is... One of them is barely operational. One of them is... I'm not even counting it into our current state of operational ships right now is not functioning the Ilios, the Koi, and the Fuente are the only ships that are currently operating they too need work you see her pause for a second like she lost her track, like she lost the thread of what she was saying everyone just waits patiently until she finally comes back and says Beacon needs a lot of help And we're all going to do what we can to help get this up off the ground. I know this isn't what you signed on for, and I apologize. I don't know what to tell you. You're all going to have questions about overtime pay. I'll see what I can do. We are on a fixed budget for the next two years, and I have to make it work. It might mean because of the delays that we will be taking contracts for shipping or whatever else we can use these ships for in order to raise more money. 
but our principal financial backing is Weyland Yutani, and the fixed budget is unchangeable. So, all in due time, and I promise you, as your director, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that everyone is treated fairly and paid fairly for all the immense work that we are all about to do. Our first priority, then, is to get power restored to the lower decks, to get our medical bay up and running, and to get our cargo bay up and running. I am pleased to report that the fusion reactor located at the very bottom of this chunk of steel floating in space is fully functional and seems to be operating in normal parameters, which is a relief. I'm also pleased to report that the mother system has been updated we now have a brand new, shiny, outdated Mother 7000 installed on the system, on the station. And Mother will be of any use to us as she can be. In the meantime, if you've just arrived, do get some rest. Because tomorrow morning, station time, we're putting everybody to work. We're going to have you report to superior officers. We have, we have that fixed up where everyone's delegated. Our XO here, who you've all met, is going to be delegating tasks. We have department heads that are going to factor into that. Let me introduce a few people before I let you go. Um, this is Asli Marani. She is our station security chief. You see uh, stepping up on a box is a woman that's maybe 5'3". She is wearing a green jacket and looks like she's wearing cargo pants, very similar to what most people are wearing boots you do see that she has a sidearm that is strapped to her leg she just kind of gives a wave dark brown hair um she looks uh if i can be blunt the inspiration behind her is uh hmm what if ravity domse was a space detective kind of what we get uh as she just stands up and kind of waves at everybody um she says Mirani is the station chief, and she is going to be your person to, to report any activities to or anything like that uh, for security. Uh, this is... Where the fuck is Julio? You hear somebody say something off some. Julio Villalobos is topside. He is our traffic controller. I'm sure he has a good reason for not following my orders and being down here speaking to everybody. Uh... Anybody who's working in the cargo bay once it's up and running will be, be reporting to Kabalova. She is our quartermaster and a station engineer. She is also helping uh, organize all the dock workers. Our lead operations chief is Emilia LaRoche. Uh, Emilia is going to be the one that uh, the rest of you report to to get your tasks. If you're working on any of the station stuff, she is going to be covering all of your tasks she is third in command of the station so refer to her if you have any problems also you know preston baker our big lovable bear-like uh, fool who has been helping me keep bacon uh, excuse me you hear some chuckles in the crowd and she just says beacon station operational and uh as you all know some of you asked me dr khan is currently recovering upstairs uh we expect her to be conscious in the next few days uh thank you so much for everybody who's showing concern do we have any questions any questions at all good <laughs> your hand starts to go up <laughs> and she says well then i'm gonna get back to i'm gonna get back to the delightful conversations i was having uh upstairs and I'm going to pass things off to Preston here, and Preston will see to it if you need anything 
Thank you, everybody. I'm sorry I wasn't more inspirational. As you understand, we have a lot of work to do. Uh, well, let's have, let's once everybody, once everything gets up and going, and and we can get the concourse opened. Let's let's plan a night where we can open a restaurant together. We can crack open some drinks and actually enjoy our company before we get underway. Does that sound all right? You hear some murmurs going like through the. All right, then let's go out there and earn that. Thank you, everybody. I'm so sorry, but thank you so much. Work hard, okay? She just hops down and pressed and takes it and says. All right, thank you. Thank you, thank you, Director, for that stirring, stirring speech. All right, everyone. So we're going to be divvying up the tasks. Uh, looks, everyone's going to be given an individual data pad. It's the only one you're going to be given. It is barely functional, connects directly to Mother. It will be giving the updates, the news reports, station reports and such. Uh, you can use it to connect to your personal computer if you wish to send messages and whatnot. And we will also use it to contact you. Everything else around here is pretty analog, so get ready, because this station is a blast from the past, so I hope you like living in a charming, broken environment. Thank you so much, everyone. Let's get to work. Clicks it off, and there's some murmurs. And you hear somebody shout, When do we get our quarters? And he's like, It's gonna be on the data pads! And they begin to separate as some of the people begin to filter out and head down the the ladders and exit the rooms. You guys are definitely get a, getting a sense of how slapdash everything is here. When, when they were discussing the doctor, mm -hmm. uh, Doc would have been kind of looking around to see if anybody like make me an observation back. check. Okay, uh, observation that is wits and observation. Hey, I'm I'm okay at that. How about them, Matt? That's seven, yeah. That's seven dice. You actually do quite well. Four, five, six, eight, <clears throat> a seven. Um, that's gonna be two sixes and a lot of ones. <laughs> don't worry, ones don't mean anything okay. until you start getting stress. Okay. Ones on the stress dice are what you want to avoid. Ones don't mean anything otherwise. But okay. a lot. Of, how many sixes were there? Uh, two sixes. Uh, that's four ones and a three. The beauty of the Alien Nexus is the accessibility of the skills and being able to look at the stunts. Because when you roll multiple successes, being able to review the stunts is incredibly useful to try to find out what can you do if you land all these other successes. Essentially, for every extra roll, you get to know the answer to one of the following questions. Is anyone coming for me? Are there more of them close by? How do I get in or get away? Uh, other things could be like... Uh, do I see anybody looking shifty-eyed? Is anybody giving me a bad vibe? You rolled how many successes again? Two. Two. Okay. So do you see anybody reacting to mention of the doctor? The answer to that question is no. Looking around, you don't see anybody that seems to have any port aside from some looks of concern and okay. some like nods coming from people who are pleased to get an update. You get the impression with that many successes, I will give you this. You get the impression the station is genuinely concerned. You can see a lot of people here uh, at Beacon look like they're actually worried about the doctor. And your instinct is that she is popular with the station staff. Hmm. All right. But aside from that, no. As people are clearing out, though, you do hear somebody calling out Isaac's name. Isaac! Hey! Isaac! I go find her. Nope, it's not her. It is a deep voice of a heavy set Middle Eastern man, uh, 46 years old, who is totally 
just dressed up like he is a, a definitely works as a roughneck, definitely a cargo worker. Probably, you know, Hassan is specialty in power loading. He knows how to use power loaders better than just about anybody on the station. But he comes moving through the crowd and goes, hey, 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 before you go, before you go, first of all, welcome back, welcome back. Second of all, it's my turn to win some money. Money, 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 money. Rematch arm wrestling tomorrow night. I've already put down some money on myself. This time, I'm going to beat you. This time, you're mine. And everyone's going to see it. This time, you go down. I feel no sense of pleasure at your defeat. Oh! 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 oh. Keep that arrogance. I want, to, I want everyone to see you fail. I've been lifting, my friend. You've been away for a couple of months. Been drinking some bug juice. Been doing some push-ups. I'm going to earn money on you. Tomorrow night. I would be glad if one of us did. Hmm. Oh. It's good to see you again. It's good to see you too, my friend. As he mimics playing a violin and says... I'll see you tomorrow night, my poor, poor, unpaid synthetic friend. And he just starts to move away towards the ladder, bumps into a couple of people. Um, and people start to filter out. I need to go find the director, ideally before she, she does call for me, her, okay. out. Go, a doctor, doctor told me. Okay. While all of this is happening, up topside, you've been sitting in silence with just the sounds of the station. It's strange creaking sounds from an old station. The water pipes that are moving in the walls and whatnot, all just behind these giant metal walls. Old stations like this, you've been around them before. The Colonial Marines have a lot of old outposts that just have not been updated. So occasionally you will find yourself when you were still a part of the core, you remember being stationed or at least being processed through a few of these stations before you were sent to the front lines. So there's something kind of familiar and calming about it. Yeah, the, only sound you're, the only sound you're hearing right now is the scraping of the pen across the synthetic paper as you're making notes. And then you hear a clanking in the kitchen, like something gets knocked over. Ding, ding. She looks over at Taylor, who is presumably still unconscious, and goes, Did you hear that? I think I heard something. Don't move. And she's gonna get <laughs> gonna just not go all the way in, but just kinda like move closer and see if she hears anything else. You look inside. You see what looks like a room that's about 15 by 15. It looks like it has some counter spaces, some metal counter spaces that may have functioned as a food prep area, but they look like they're in bad shape. This place looks like it was looted. Like there are things all over the floor, things overturned, cabinets have been opened up. In the flickering light, you're just catching a little bit of a glimpse like snapshots just here and there, but the place looks mostly empty. You're not sure what could have been knocked over in this place. What's left? 
Is anything like dusty? Like, is it was it a long time ago that this looked like it was trashed? It's hard to tell through the door with the flickering light. Mm. I don't. You said I don't have a pen light on me earlier. We've established that. Is there? Mm-hmm. I'm in a medical a, a triage center, though. Can I find a, a a lamp or even just another pen light? Mm-hmm. Among Doctor Khan's things. Yes, searching through Doctor Khan's things, you will find indeed a pen light along Sorry, with Doctor. what looks like her med kits. Yeah, just pull it out. Uh, and I'll pull it out and uh, get myself a little more light and just see. Shine it through the window. Yeah see a little bit of the glare of the light coming back mm-hmm. at you. You kind of angle your head over it a little bit and see inside. Unfortunately, the pen light is just not strong enough to yes, actually give guy. you any kind of, yeah. She looks back at the two patients and goes, okay, you're in charge. And she points at Taylor. Okay. Okay. Don't go anywhere. And, and she'll go and press push the door open. Okay. Pushes open easily, just kind of you hear a bit of a squeak from the metal as you push it in. Indeed, a 15 by 15 room, and it looks like there's a couple of counter spaces. There is a table in the center where, as I said, looks like food may have been prepped. Um, you can tell from the moment you enter into this place that the smell in here. This was probably definitely where they had a refrigerator storing things. It's probably been cleared out. You don't detect it, it's that. It's the temperature in here of an old refrigerator that probably melted all of the ice on the inside. So there's this strange moisture the moment you walk in and the temperature is just slightly off. It's almost humid, like a uh, swampy as you yeah. enter into sitting the water for a long time. Yeah. And indeed, yeah. as you kind of angle the light across the floor, you can see a quick reflection of a couple of water puddles on tile. Now that I'm in here, can I see if there's like dust on things? Like, does this roll observation? Probably. Uh, okay, not bad. Oops. Three successes. Three I only rolled five dice. Wow. Okay. Wow. <laughs> In that case, that's awesome. Uh, oh my god! No dust, but as the light moves across the surface, you freeze for a second as something is looking back at you. You pause for a moment, and your breath catches as you see glowing orbs staring back at you. And there's a split second where you feel a little bit like the fuck. As you spot it, it spots you, and then you hear. Oh, my God. Who left you in here? Oh, no. Okay. Um, she immediately c- comes trotting down. out. Okay. Okay. We are friendly. Okay. And she'll uh, crouch all the way down and hold out um, uh, uh, Knuckles first and s- let, 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 the- <laughs> let him sniff and see how he's going to do with people. Doesn't even bother sniffing. Just oh. comes trotting up to you. Uh, Hi. Black cat with a big white patch underneath his chin comes just trotting up to you and immediately puts his head right oh against your hand. Is, how, what kind of shape is he in? Does he look like scraggly, kind of rough, injured or anything? Just just like a cat who's been hanging out? Yeah, just looks like a cat that's been hanging out. 
Well, now I can leave you in charge. Um, let's get you out of the puddles of water, okay? And she'll kind of like scoop from like <laughs> underneath so we don't get cl- any he claws is just out. And we'll try limp to... in your hands. Okay. Is the moment you pick him up, he's just it just it's dead weight. Uh, yeah, we, as soon I've as you got pick him up, five of those in my house. Okay, yeah, all right. Does the cat just chill, completely chill? Does the cat thing where like his body just slumps and like Liquid. sags between your fingers as the cat just kind of looks around like he is the Lord God of all of the station? <laughs> is this a like? Is this like a smaller cat? Is this like a large like? House, this is an adult like, cat. House, like a house. It looks cat like gets big? yeah. It looks like a full full oh grown boy God. cat that just looks like it looks like he's lived here just fine. Wow, doesn't okay. look dirty. Doesn't look malnourished. Doesn't look injured. Well, someone's thriving. Uh, and I'm going to bring him out of the creepy kitchen and make sure both of my patients are still there. Okay. <laughs> I didn't. I hope I didn't go that far. I, wasn't, I didn't want to go that far. but No, it was literally in the next room. Okay. And I guess um, I'll sit. I'll pull out a second. I'll pull out another chair from somewhere. Or if not, there's not a chair, like a crate next to the chair where I was sitting. And I'll mm-hmm. sit him down. Okay. And then sit kind of like... And look at him for a sec. Well, welcome to Medbay. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep working. Uh, and she's gonna pick up her the hat of paper that she was looking at, and we'll start going through it again. But we'll read out loud instead of in her head. <laughs> you glance up and almost jump as you see Director Varela has Ooh. come back into the room, and she's ah. Sorry. Sorry. Do you know him? And I point at the cat. <laughs> you see her eyes light up with recognition as she spots the cat and goes, Yes, I know him. Okay, good. Come here. Come here, come here, come here. Just kind of like that, that kind of yowling. Yeah. <laughs> like a near, like, it's that weird. The yeah. boy in the world. Yeah. Exactly. Like that weird cat language of I'm happy to see you, but I was dying. What the hell is wrong with you? Kind mm-hmm. of. So. Mm-hmm. She walks up and scoops him up and says, this is Mr. Impressive. You are very impressive. What an apt name, sir. And he shouldn't have gotten out, but I'd left my door open, so that's what I get for that. So tell me a bit about yourself. I'm sorry about that. Tell me a bit about yourself, Tig. Oh, uh, she'll kind of, like, put her stuff down and, like, stand up uh, to, like, actually talk to this woman. Uh, 29, uh served in the Corps for a couple of years. Honorable discharge. Medical. Um, Your former Corps? Yeah. Just field medic stuff. You know, grew up on a base. It kind of just became the the way you go. Um, you come out here with Martha? Oh, no. We just met. Really? Yeah, like like an hour ago. There's a strange vibe in the room suddenly. She doesn't say anything. She just pets Mr. Impressive and looks at you and says, and she says something in Portuguese sounds like under her breath as she turns and rudely just leaves the room. Don't like the core. And she'll turn, sit back down, and pull on her paper again, and keep reading. <laughs> okay. At about that point, the rest of you have re start returning, and reconvening where you where you once were, up on the 
up in the uh, up on this deck where the the makeshift room did you have something you wanted to do yes Martha? before they leave the room there's two people mm -hmm. i wanted to try to catch okay um because it seems like i should probably report to the ops person amelia laroche mm -hmm. i also do want to check in with the security chief okay murani Okay. So if the two of them are near each other, then I'll walk up to both of them. If they're okay. separate, I'll probably go to the ops person. They're first. not near. Yeah, they're not near each other right now. Okay. Are they both still in the room? Uh, Laroche is still in the room. Okay. Then I'll walk up to Laroche. Uh, Laroche is a woman roughly in her mid to late thirties. Uh, you can tell she has. Light skin, uh, looks like she's been a working class most of her life, just from the way that she carries herself. She also looks like she's, she looks like a woman who's been lifting a lot of things most of her life. She looks like somebody who has probably uh, been very involved in manual work. From the looks of her, she also has kind of a hard look in her eyes. When she sees you approach, she tilts her head a little bit and she goes, you're Martha. Martha, yes, I'm sorry, Martha, Martha. Marrero. Marrero, thank you. Sorry, you're the liaison, the core sent, right? Yes, um, the contact, oh, okay. Comtech. Did they tell you what you're supposed to be doing here, what you're supposed to be doing with us? Or are you going to be part? I need to know, are you part of the station staff? Are you just here to babysit us? What is, what is it exactly? No, it's a little bit of the opposite. I'm here to um, do my duty, to help out however I can and contribute my skills. So I've got you. Yeah, you've got me. You see this, she goes, that's really good news. This is a shit show. And I checked out your skill set and I am very glad you're here. I'm glad to hear that, ma'am. <laughs> are, are you going to be doing the ma'am thing this whole time? I'm not complaining. I'm sorry. What would you like me to call you? No, no. Ma'am's great. Ma'am's great. I, I don't get enough respect at this job. Ma'am's great. Okay. okay. Then ma'am it is. What can, I, what, what, can, what can I do for you? Uh, I just wanted to know my assignment. Um, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, now that I know you're on Team Beacon, I can get you an assignment. I'm probably going to put you to work using... I mean... <laughs> I'm probably going to put you to work trying to get this fucking station working again. There's yeah. nothing below decks that is working for shit. And we need to get the cargo bay up and running. I don't have a fucking cargo bay. I literally have a staff of people who are here to work in a cargo bay. And no cargo bay. And no cargo bay. I tell you what, let me... Give me 30 minutes and I'll start putting stuff. Did you just get here? You just got here, right? I did. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Yes. Okay. I'll, I'll put you to work tomorrow. Why don't you get acclimated, get used to the thing, uh, you, the, this rock that we're on, and I will, I'll get you an assignment. But go ahead and just take some time, relax a little bit, and I'll let you know. All right. Um, datapad? What um, do I get one of those? Hold up. Here we go. She pulls out a data pad. You see her unlock it. How do you spell your last name? M-A-R-R-E-R-O. E-R-O? Yeah. Okay. There you go. Ding! You hear a beeping sound. She says, 
just go ahead and scan your face on that. That'll be your personal data pad. Uh, come up with whatever password you want, and you're good to go. Thank you, ma'am. Um, I hold the pad up to my face immediately. And okay. It scans, and it says scan complete, and it unlocks. And she says, have you seen that fucking synthetic around? Um, I look around. Where is Isaac right now? Uh, I came down here and then left to connect the doctor with right. the director. Okay, so you're, you're back topside then. She was talking to... Yeah. So, yeah, I will be heading back topside. Okay. You hear under her breath, LaRoche just say, fucking Pinocchio. And says, get acclimated. And with that, she pivots on her heel and makes her way to the lift. Mm -hmm. Martha internally does that. Doesn't show any of that, but she is feeling very... <laughs> very drained by this energy on the station. Um, mm. Okay. So she has her data pad. She's going to look one more time around this room for the security chief. Any sign of them? Uh, yes. We'll say that she is there. Indeed. Okay. Yes, you see Ashley Marani, right. the station security chief. She's nodding to a couple of people and smiling to them as they move by. Um, as you approach, you see you walk up to her just as she's pulling out what looks like a carton of cigarettes. She looks at you and says, you're the Marine, right? Yes, ma'am. Corporal Martha Marrero. <laughs> Ma'am! Fuck, I'm gonna love you. Corporal Martha wanna... Marrero? Oh. Yes. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yeah. I'm security chief. You can just call me Asli if you want. Or Murani. Asli? Murani? Take, take your pick. Okay, I'll call you Murani. Murani it is. What can I do for you, Corporal? Well, uh, Miss Murani. Um... No, no, no. Sorry, Marani. I'm so. <laughs> yeah, that's that's okay. I heard it when I said it. Um, yeah, Morani. I saw it happen, and it was, it was really entertaining, <laughs> and I appreciate you for that. I have not been around civilians in a long time. Clearly, yeah, this has got to be new for you. You're, how yeah. long have you been in the Corps? Eight years. Eight years. Yeah. Eight no, years. No real breaks either. Just no kidding. Yeah. You're a corporal. Doesn't that mean you're like a squad leader or something? I was, yes, I was a squad leader. What are you doing out this. here? I'm here to help out, do my duty. She nods slowly and says, I became a colonial marshal about six years ago. I was sort of just like part of a local militia in the colony, out on the frontier, just kind of like help keep order, that kind of thing. They noticed me because I was a really good shot. But you know what I turned out to be really fucking good at, Martha? What's that? I'm really good at solving shit. Hmm. It's a useful skill to have. Crossword puzzles and murders. I'm good at all of it. And you know what I can tell right now? You don't want to tell me why you're really here. Do you? Good news is I won't press. Yeah, she sees you looking around the room. She says, don't worry. I ain't going to press it. It's none of my fucking business. If you're here on core business, then you're here on core business. My job is to keep the station safe. So if you ever catch me stumbling across something that you can't tell me, you're not going to get any flack from me. Okay. Okay. Thank you. 
That being said, I am the law on this station, so when I ask questions pertaining to the safety, etc., etc., etc. Of course. Yep. And speaking of the safety of people on the station, yeah. um, I think you should probably talk to the, the doctor as soon as you can, because uh, once the doctor arrived, the doctor was able to examine the patient upstairs and found out some things related wait, wait, to... Wait, wait, wait. What? I'm sorry. Are, are you talking about Dr. Khan? Yes. Were you is not Dr. aware Dr. Khan is injured? Yeah, sorry. I don't know who, what doctor are you talking about? Oh, yeah. Dr. Al- Albrecht, new doc, just came in today on the shuttle. We got a new doctor. Yes. You know, I promise you I'm good at spotting things and solving things. <laughs> okay, so we have a new doctor. Yes. And he wants to talk to me? Well, I think you should talk to him. He probably does want to talk to you. Okay. Where can I find him? I look around. Do I see him? Nope. Uh, <laughs> or, or are you still here? God, uh, my impression was you were going back upstairs. Uh, I think I think he's like trailing the director trying to do that. I'm uh, trying to talk okay. to you. Yeah, okay. You've, you've vanished back up on the deck thing because the director's gone back to topside. So, yeah, okay. you look around. You don't, you don't see Albrecht anywhere. Uh-huh. I, ha- I don't see him now, but I and I give him give her a description of what he looks like. And I, I say, um, I think he's probably well, definitely going to be back up in the pro- provisional med bay up up top at some point. All right. I'll head up there right now. I'm not doing anything else. What are you All doing right. right now? Oh, um, I guess I was going to head up to the provisional med bay to help out where I can. And um, I wanted to say, too, you know, I'm I'm on ops, really, because I'm a comm tech. Um, but I I also have some security skills and combat training, and I'm happy to help out wherever I can, when I can, when they don't need me with security, she, if you need it. She, she nods and she says, all right, between you and me, I'm the only person on this station that's handling security. So no, it, no, you're kidding, right? No. Well, then you know, yeah. I definitely would like to help you then. All right. Well, I'm going to take you up on that. I'm going to give Varela some space because it's her final call. I'm going to give her a little bit of space. But yeah, I'll, uh, I'll count you among. You want right. to sort of back up? I'll take it for sure. All right. Well, great. Great meeting you. Yeah, it's good meeting you, too. Welcome to Beacon, Corporal. Thank you. You don't smoke, do you? She puts a cigarette in her mouth. Uh, no, not anymore. Now's the time to start. She lights it up as she starts heading to the elevator. Jesus. Martha says under her breath as she walks away. Back <sighs> up. Wait, before, before we yeah. stop scenes, Noir, mm-hmm. it's all bright, correct? Is it oh, all yeah. bright? Back to oh, all bright. Bright. Sorry. Sorry. No worries. All I just bright. wanted to double check. I was pretty sure I was like, I had internalized it as all bright, but I want to make sure that the, I was... Not incorrect. You know what? Yeah. Honestly, you know what that is? If I can be honest with you, that is years of mispronouncing the signature character from Werewolf the Apocalypse Second Edition. Mm-hmm. I need to completely deprogram <laughs> it from my mind. Um, I may have so. spelled it wrong. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> it can be said and spelled however you want. So. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. All right. Got it. So, heading back topside, what is taking place right now up on the upper tower deck in the operations dome, which is also where the director has her quarters, but also where the makeshift sick bay has been erected for this unconscious doctor. 
as one by one, each of you kind of join up once again. The director is here now. She's back in her room with the door still open to the room. And you have all reconvened inside this triage area, with the exception of Isaac, who is going to speak to the director. Uh, as that is, as y'all are all convening in there, Isaac, you find yourself standing in the doorway where you see the director in a, a moment of calm before the storm kind of vibe as she's holding Mr. Impressive and looking out the window for a moment, glancing down at a data pad. And she glances up to you and she goes, fuck what now? She puts the cat down. Do you want to take another moment? Oh, God. Is it bad? Yes. Fuck it. All we can do now is laugh, Isaac. All we can do now is laugh. Just lay it on me. What is it? The doctor doesn't think what happened to Dr. Khan was an accident. What do you mean? He said he thought she was deliberately struck on the back of the head. Jesus Christ. Why would someone hurt Dr. Khan? I have n Has he, he hasn't said this to anybody else, has he? The Marine and the paramedic? The Marine, of course. No, naturally. Yes, of course. Let's fucking tell the Marine. Where is he right now? He was trailing you down to orientation, and then I think I saw him trailing you back up here. So he might be coming down the hall with... <coughs> Isaac, I need you to fetch me the Marine, and I need you to fetch the doctor right away. And bring them to the... Medical Bay, if you could please, immediately. If you see them before I do, please inform them they are not to breathe a word of this to anyone. Just come talk directly to me. Fuck! I need yeah. you to get... I need you to get Marani up here quietly. Not on comms. Get... Go. 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 It's good to see you again. I say to Mr. Impressive and I leave. Um... As you leave, you see Albright turning the corner, just stepping off the of the lift. Hey Isaac, have you seen the director? I I, I was right. I was, you need to I've go lost. to the med bay now. Yeah, something happened with one of the patients. No, not yet. All, all right, and and I'll be. I, it, it'll only take them. I'm only looking to take a moment of a time, and, and really, if that's exactly. It. I'm very confused, Isaac. Your answer will be in the med bay. Uh, well, well, all right then. Um, I I will meet the director in the med bay. I I really kind of thought this would be more of a private conversation. I I didn't want the patients. I mean, I, if, I'd imagine Taylor maybe I already coming. told her the bad part in case she wanted to yell at someone. Oh, well, there's a bad part. Well, what's the bad? I mean, 
Oh, okay. Oh, I will. I will go to the med bay. You, thank you, Isaac. I, I, I don't know how you keep track of everybody. I, I just, I've, I'm running out of breath having just chased her. So, uh, thank you for all you do. Of course. Med bay. Med bay. Right. Right. Um. Okay. Uh, Quietly, she said. I, I won't make a peep? I think she meant, like, communication. Not like tiptoes. But she didn't specify. Well, uh, how about I do both just to keep us both uh, uh, safe? That would be an abundance of caution. Well, I can't have you get yelled at, huh? She kind of did say the part about communication, but it's it's fun to see. I like seeing humans on tiptoes. Scooby Doo walking away. Oh, uh, and uh, yeah. First thing, if if this is okay, the first thing you do you do when he gets to the med bay is uh, I'll go over to Tig and hand Tig a uh, data pad. Uh, they were handing these out. Had to sn- oh, shit. had to sneak one away for you. <laughs> You're muted. You're muted, Eric. Thank you. It's a small data pad. It's about this big. Uh, just it's like a, you know, it's it's not uh, it's not like a an iPad or anything. It's actually more of a landscape mode. Just gonna mm-hmm. hold it up and look at it. Um, one by one, you all are summoned back into the med bay. When everyone is gathered here, you find yourself in the room with the director, but uh, Mirani is also here along with Baker. And once everyone is gathered, the director says, all right, Isaac, if you would please tell everyone or whoever wants to speak first, please tell us the situation that you just told me. Somebody speak. I don't care who. Uh, uh, I, uh... I, I, I was looking to have a conversation with you, uh, Rella. Um, it's, it's, it's about, um, Skylar's medical condition. I, I didn't think it warranted an audience, but... This is the XO of Beacon, and this is our security chief. So, I need you to tell them what I have just learned from Isaac. All right. Well, looking at the uh, looking at the wound on the back of Miss Khan's head, uh, I, I can tell you with great certainty that this was not the result of an accident, but uh, of, of an assault. Uh, correlating evidence would be the lack of any sort of abrasions on a palm, uh, which is usually present in the case of accidental slip and falls, as it is in our nature to protect ourselves uh this is somebody that got cold clocked <laughs> as far as i can see and from my medical experience so um you s- mirani s- puts out her cigarette and she turns to baker and says do we have a full accounting of who was on the hab deck yesterday Baker says, well, we have the log of the PDT chips. We could find out who was where, but we already know who was down there. We logged the move. 
So we know the team was down there, but they're all accounted for. They all saw each other. The doctor was the only one that was by herself. Fortunately, right. it's not life-threatening. Uh, she's already gone stable uh, from, from everything I've seen on the records. She's gained consciousness a few times. I just would feel much safer if Ms. Khan here, or Dr. Khan, apologies, was given a uh, protective uh, assignment so that this may not happen again. Marani furrows her brow and she says, Khan is the most popular person on the station. I mean, even you like her. And she glances over at Varela. Varela just looks over at Baker. And Baker says, who else knows about this? Is it just us in this room? Varela just nods. And Baker looks over again at Marani and says, what do you want to do? Marani says, what do we need to go back down below the deck. Why? What do you mean, why? Because if everyone was accounted for and all the PDT chips say that they were in the vicinity of where they said they were, and then she mysteriously got, as the doctor said, cold clocked, it means... It, you know, it means... And Press Baker says, it means what? There was somebody lurking around down there. And she's like, if everyone's accounted for in the station, there's not a lot of us here. Varela speaks up and says, if anybody catches wind of this, it's going to start a panic. I don't want station staff knowing that this has happened. I don't want people knowing that there's somebody on the loose that is clocking people over the head. If she was attacked, I want this dealt with quietly. So what's the plan? Marani says, well, why don't I take this lot down with me? We're the only ones that know about it. All of us will go down below the deck. See if we can find any evidence of somebody lurking around down there, or if one of our station staff has been slipping in and out undetected somehow. We might find evidence. We'll do it when no other teams are down there, so we can take a full accounting of who's active right now. Baker turns at everybody and says, do all of you have PDT chips activated? You don't yet, do you? You've only just got here. All right, so we'll install each one of them with PDT chips. Isaac, you and the doctor can see to that. Everyone's going to get one. Everyone, it is mandatory to have a PDT chip. Once you have a personal chip, we can keep track of your location anywhere, anytime you're on the station. And we're going to go below deck. Let's keep it very quiet. I understand at least two of you have combat training in case something gets... Now, now, when you say you lot and 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 we um, going Actually, down, that that that's not including myself. Now, is it? That's actually a good point. We only have one functional doctor right now. We would be risking him if he went down below decks. Very astute. Mirani says that's true. But if somebody else gets cold clocked, they might not be as lucky as Khan. And Isaac is strong and fast, but Isaac's not going to be able to get somebody back up to the med bay and treat it in time if they're more efficient with that this time. I would prefer to have at least somebody who's capable of medical treatment. And that's when Baker says, you've got one! And points right at you, Tig. Hi, uh, paramedic. Ah. All right, then. So, I say the doctor stays here. 
They've already got a paramedic. Sound good? Looks over at you, Albright. Uh, not that not that I would want to abandon my new compatriots, but I would only be getting in your way, really. Marani says, I don't blame you, Doc. She starts putting another cigarette in her mouth, and she says, it's uh, not exactly friendly below decks. As we're all about to find out, she takes a cigarette out of her mouth. Cut to... Each of you on the lift. Now, who among you has a service pistol? That would be... Do I still? Yes. No. I think yes. you do. Yes. Yeah, you should still have your service pistol. It's the... the it had a name that I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's You chose the... Yeah. M4A3 service pistol. That the M4A3 service pistol. Yeah. yeah, that is that is a standard issue Marine sidearm. Um, you've still got yours. You and those are literally the only weapons that are currently available, uh, except for. Oh, uh, what do you? What's up, Isaac? You would look like you wanted to say something. Um, my bolt gun is a tool, but it is also something that can bolt things. If they bolt, yes. <laughs> Armed as well as you can be, the lot of you find yourselves on a lift going down into the lower sections of the station. You have the basic equipment that you want to bring with you. And you currently have a harness strapped on to onto your chest, which has a small shoulder lamp that is shining. As y'all are going down, Marani says, all right, before this elevator door opens, I just want to prepare everybody. You're going into complete and total darkness. The shoulder lamps are going to be your only line of sight. So don't shine it directly into my face when you are talking to me, please. I am only five foot three. It will shine right into my eyes. It's incredibly annoying. And I don't want retina burn if I have to shoot someone. She says with a smile on her face. All right. Tink kind of like mutters like, that's kind of a good point. She's gonna like reach into her bag and she's gonna put on her goggles that she had, the glasses that she okay. has that are kind of, she has them as like mm -hmm. a medical, uh, like just protective, but She's like, yeah, yep, we got, we're gonna, mm hmm yeah, nope, good, mm hmm Okay. <laughs> Anti-flash, <Yeah>. basically. <laughs> Eric, I have a question. Ask. That one time Isaac saw someone, mm -hmm. what deck was it on? C-deck. Thank you. The light inside the elevator flickers a little bit as you all go further and further down past F deck onto where you see the data, you guys entering into the dark section of the blueprint where it goes from ha goes from lower tower to hab block to D deck life support. You see it flash red and the elevator goes. The door goes. As it opens up. Two sensations assault you right away. First of all, the light just simply stops at the edge of the elevator. And before you is an abyss of darkness. The next thing that hits you is the stench. For you, Tig, you know the smell of rot when you, when you smell it. It punches you straight into the face. It is pungent and powerful and 
old. The air down here is stale. On that note, Martha, being somebody who is quite efficient in engineering, comtech, and repairs, you immediately get the sense that the air scrubbers down here are malfunctioning or not working properly. There's probably high O2 uh, content right now and a high CO2 content. Probably mixtures are completely off. <sighs> Staying down here for too long could lead to dizziness or headaches. But as you kind of look out into the dark, it smells like rotting something. Something down here died a long time ago. That much you can tell. And Marani immediately just goes, fuck, I don't miss that smell. She covers up her face and says, all right, switch on your shoulder lamps. Shafts of light pierce the darkness. And you see a corridor, a vast open corridor that leads into the deck. And one by one, each of you steps out of the elevator into the dark, creaking, ambient gloom in the bowels of Beacon Station. And that is where we are going to wrap our first session of Beacon. Welcome to the Dark Tower, my friends. Ugh. Sam would like to take a zillion points of stress. Thank you. <laughs> Sam, your question scared me more than anything else today. <laughs> Goodness. I have no oh. idea what you're talking about. <laughs> All right. So we leave the crew of Beacon for now here on the abandoned life support deck with something possibly lurking in the darkness that could be responsible for the assault on the doctor, the CMO. We've gotten to a little bit of the station staff, but this is only the beginning. You've only just arrived here on the edges of the frontier. There are people out there that need help. But it seems to me that, at least on Beacon Station, the ones that might need help most of all could very well be you. We will see you next Monday night. I want to give a big thanks and a big shout out to Demiplane, our sponsor. A big congratulations to Rogan27 for landing that plane and getting that uh, unlock code. We hope you enjoy the Alien Nexus. Uh, do check it out. Um, if you want to support the stream punks, you can do that by subscribing to Q Times or by checking out our sponsors links to let them know that uh, this is working. And we will catch you next Monday night. Until then, my friends, sleep well. <laughs>